Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Nah, man, it's cool. It's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, takes a minute to navigate these, uh, the menus, um, because it's not like, uh, well, I guess it's plug and play if, uh, if you've already set it up at one point. So if I, like, if I unplug my, um, the mic I have on right now, if I unplug it, uh, and then plug in something else, another mic, it'll automatically choose that mic as my, as my mic, you know, as my voice or, uh, my audio input. So, but that's because I already have done this, you know, and set it up. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. It's in my settings. I had my mic muted for distorts. I had to like go through my settings in my web browser and unmute it. And it just, yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, most of the time, uh, I spend a good couple minutes at least uh kind of helping people through um they can't get their mic working or they can't they can I can hear them but they can't hear me kind of thing yeah yeah so yeah well I'm glad I uh, wasn't the only one no man that's most people it's most people the only one that's not you know that it's not is uh are people that uh are gamers that have used discord you know that use discord currently to uh to chat while they're gaming right right and that's a lot of pc gamers pc gamers use uh discord uh to voice chat while they're in game because in-game chats for different games are uh real clunky sometimes right yeah so, I'm, a, I'm an xbox man myself yeah same are you on the uh the new series x or are you still rocking the old one yeah, the X. Mm-hmm. I'm still rocking the old one, man. I'm going to run nice. it. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it's not that much of a difference. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of my friends have the Series X. I mean, of course, they say, you know, it looks better and everything else. But, uh, right. you know, it's almost like a scoreboard, you know, kind of thing. Uh, exactly. Uh, beating them out, then it's uh, acceptable. <laughs> well, it's uh, if you're playing on a giant TV, then – you know, both of them, and you had them next to each other, you could probably tell. Uh, yeah. I, I could definitely tell a difference when my sons were living here, and they uh, they got the new one. I still had the old one. They got new TVs that did 4K. I didn't, you know, I had an older TV that was just, you know, uh, regular 1080. So when I would walk in, we'd be playing a game together, right? A yeah. multiplayer game together, Halo or whatever it is. Uh, especially something like that it has really good graphics and vibrant colors and stuff. So I'd walk in there and look and I'm like, holy shit. Okay. I can really see a difference, but only because I, you know, I had that comparison almost right next to each other. Uh, most of the time it doesn't make a difference. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah, for sure. And if you're not streaming or whatever, like, well, even streaming, like they, uh, it depends on your connection. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I don't do much streaming. I mean, I'll watch it. Like, I watched, you know, Tim the Tatman and Nick Burks and them guys. Yeah. Um, never got into it myself. Yeah, I tried streaming a couple times, 
when I was laid up, um, before I started doing all this stuff. And, uh, in fact, the office was a little different where that flag is. There was a TV hanging on the wall, uh, 40 inch, I think. And then right underneath it, I had one of those wall mounts for the, um, for the Xbox. Yeah. And, uh, so it's just basic Velcro straps with like a plastic piece that the Velcro straps went through and it Mm -hmm. just mounted to the wall. So I had to hang in there. So I would, uh, I would work on the computer for about, at the time I could do about 10 minutes, 15 minutes at a time because my hand wouldn't work on the, um, mouse. So I couldn't, I know. I mean, listen, bro, I would have never thought, you know, these little things, right. Yeah. yeah. The, The amount of muscle it takes to hold your finger up off the mouse button. So it doesn't rest on it and keep clicking it when you move the mouse yeah. around. Uh, yeah. That thing started wearing out like two minutes. I couldn't hold my finger up. I was like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> <laughs> it was so it's such a weird feeling, you know, uh, when you have those, um, those abilities and then all of a sudden you don't. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I never would have thought that the, the weight of your finger would just, you know, oh. keep clicking it. So um, anyway, I would work on the computer for a little bit and I'd turn around and play a game uh, for a little bit because my hands would rest differently on the, uh, I could really rest my hands on the controller and the controller mm-hmm. on my lap. Um, right. And I could move the thumbsticks very, you know, it was real easy. So, um, so anyway, so I would play on here and so I set up a Twitch thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stream. I didn't have a camera. I didn't want to put a camera on it. Um, I couldn't put, you know, like a, get a good angle or nothing. So I'm like, I'll just stream the game itself. Uh, and I'll put a mic on there and talk. Cause you could head, set it up with your Xbox headset. Mm-hmm. So remember when, uh, Twit or when, uh, Xbox or Microsoft, I guess, first bought Twitch and they allowed it on the, I don't know if they bought it, but they first allowed, like linked it to the X where you could just stream yeah, through the and Xbox. You could stream right on there and watch people straight through Xbox. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Uh huh. That's when, uh, so that's when I was trying all that stuff. And, um, I was like, dude, fuck this shit. I can't, I, yeah, I suck at playing anyway. So my, my, my gameplay is not interesting. <laughs> Microsoft had its own like streaming service there for a little while. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the fuck it was called because it only lasted for a short time period and like it died. Right. Um, but I knew they had that. I don't know if they bought Twitch, but I knew like recently a lot of people left Twitch and went to YouTube gaming because uh, Twitch was doing a 70 30 split in oh. the donation money that the uh-huh. streamers are getting. And now they're doing a 50 50 split. Oh. So they, they, you know, they cut out 20% of their revenue that the, the streamers yeah. were getting. So a lot of people left that. That's why like Tim and like Dr. Disrespect went on to the YouTube scene. Uh, predominantly and left Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, crazy. Crazy money does. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're putting time in and you're, you know, you're gaining followers and you know how to do it and you're going to do it consistently and you know you could, you know, get the views to make money, then you should definitely go to whatever platform is going to support that the best, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, those guys, I mean, they don't claim to be a business, but I mean, essentially they're, a business. I mean, that's yeah. a full-time job. It's what they're claiming on their, on their taxes, you know, for sure. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, those guys, I don't know how they do it. I really don't. You know, you watch some of them, and it's like they're playing a game that I feel like I could play just as good, but they got 60,000 people watching them live, and there's a $25 donation coming in every 60 seconds, and you're like, (laughs) wow, why didn't I think of this 10 years ago? (laughs) Bro, listen, when I was was doing the um, – make sure my phone is turned on silent. Uh, When I was doing the – when I started my own Twitch thing through Xbox. So I'm I'm like, it's new to me. I'm like, oh, this is on Xbox. I'm looking at all these different channels. I'm just scrolling through, you know, diff- I wasn't even searching anything. Just whatever would pop up, all the different tiles and stuff. And I see this one, this girl is sleeping. Like this woman is sleeping on the bed. Uh, her camera is like way up in the corner. Uh, she, you know, she's got a shirt on, like a t-shirt and shorts. But yeah. she's supposedly i don't know sleeping i mean she's laying there and these these tips are coming in there's like this soft music playing and (laughs) the the thing that streams across the bottom or top or whatever you know like her the channel stream thing you know text or whatever was like uh for every so many tips or so many dollar amount tips or whatever uh i will sleep x amount of minutes more or whatever so people were paying to watch this girl sleep and it oh wasn't my. like she was in like lingerie you know what i mean like there wasn't I, i'm trying yeah. to want, figure out the what's the catch what's the appeal what is the pull uh i'm going what it's that fucking easy like Dude, it, uh, there's gotta be a kink i'm like there. jen come here like i'm talking to my wife get get the fucking camera i'm gonna turn i'm gonna do your switch the, or a, you know start a twitch thing for you where you can sleep okay <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for real. You know, I've said that before, you know, and, um, you know, definitely not the knocking against women whatsoever. uh, But it does seem like, you know, if you're a pretty good looking woman and you start a social media page for, you know, whatever, whether it's your gaming or guns or anything that, you know, men are going to be watching, like instantly just blows up like overnight. They got like 100,000 followers in a month and you're like, oh, dude, I've been working for 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> I'm saying, bro, yeah. it is. It's crazy. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I was talking to. Uh, I think it's actually on the podcast. It is. Uh, I was talking to this girl in the UK, Alex Hillary, and she says, um, uh, "I can't remember how we got on the topic, but similar type of thing, you know, where mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about girls in airsoft, and you know, and, and that kind of thing." And she's like, "Yeah, I was kind of nervous at first, whatever, you know, when I first started because there wasn't very many." There was like one other female on the field or whatever, but, and then, uh, she's like, yeah, I post on here and I do that, but I, I keep getting messages like the, you know, the stalker stuff, whatever. I was like, like what, what do you get? And, uh, and she says, um, people ask me for feet pictures and I said, feet pictures. She's like, yeah. And I had heard, obviously, you know, we've all heard of that foot fetish thing, whatever. Um, I didn't know it was so popular or so common, I guess. So, uh, she's like, yeah, I had this. There, there, like handfuls of guys at, uh, offer me 50 to 100 quid or pounds or whatever to uh, to send them feet pictures. The one guy said 500 pounds he would pay me to send him like a group of 10 pictures with my feet in different foods. So spaghetti, uh, eggs, beans. And I was like <laughs> – are you going to do it? And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm not shocked at all. I'm really not. Like, I, 
I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand so that these people try to do this like symptom basically, but I, you know, I just yeah. said almost the way more power to women because they got it figured out in some shape or form. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, welcome dude. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you are airsoft nomad. Correct. Is that your Instagram as well? It remember. is. Yeah. So my okay. Insta is under, uh, airsoft nomad official, uh, YouTube's airsoft nomad. Um, and then recently I created, uh, an online retail and event, uh, company for, uh, airsoft milsims, which is, uh, uh nomad milsim, um, which is also That's... shared on Facebook and other social media forms as well. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. Um, I remember you had uh, mentioned something about that where you had started, uh, you know, something recently where you're going to host events. So, well, let's yeah. go over. Uh, where, where did you? Where are you at? Where, what state are you in right now? I'm in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm in Central PA. Okay, you're up north. Um, fucking cold and rainy. Well, it's probably not that bad right now. I don't know. Um, it's like in the low thirties, but we got snow and ice coming on uh, Thursday. So winter okay. is definitely here and it's been pretty, it's been pretty brisk. Okay. Yeah. Did you grow up there? I did. Yeah. So I, uh, I was so born here in to... Pennsylvania, moved to Michigan, which is just another even colder state yep. um, back here to Pennsylvania. And I've been here for, I don't know, probably 15 years now at least. Oh yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, that makes it better when you're used to it um when you're used to the cold you know if you go from a warm state to uh to up there in a winter time i would never say i'm used to it <laughs> <laughs> i know right i I'm, i i don't like the cold at all i mean i i'm like i'm weird i don't like the dead of summer because i'm fat and i don't like being hot and i don't <laughs> like the dead of winter because then i get cold so i'm like in that spring fall like oh yeah, them, like the two shortest seasons that almost don't exist anymore. They're my no favorite. Shit, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know why I live here. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, so you guys uh, were you guys uh, football fans growing up? Like your parents? Um, there is my wife passing by. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of was, uh, I mean, my dad was into it. I mean, we always follow different sports, uh, you know, between football and baseball, uh, but never got hardcore into it. I mean, for me, I like college for Notre Dame. Um, oh, nice. I'm almost really sad to say it. This season is Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so you yeah. weren't, you weren't a Steelers fan. That's wild. No, no, I don't support any PA teams actually. Um, not for any like valid reason other than just like my whole family was about Penn state and like the Eagles. And I've always been like that black sheep outcast. So okay. I, was, like, I have to be different. So then when yeah. we watch football, I'm the one rooting for like the other team against my family. I don't know. Oh, I'm, weird. I'm weird like that, man. So no, that's, that's not weird. That's, that's so common. I've done for years. Um, yeah. So I've, I've just always supported different teams. Um, but recently, to be honest, over the last like probably five years or so with the whole, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick and the politics that got into it. Right. I kind of took a big step back from watching sports. Um, not to say side with one side or the other, just because I just hate drama and the bullcrap yeah, that, that surrounds it. So I just took a big step back and I, I really don't watch anymore. You know, I watch the Super Bowl if a game's on and I have free time and I catch it, I'll watch, but right. Um, I don't get too far into it anymore. How about yourself? I, uh, so I grew up, you know, watching it and, uh, I grew up in Cleveland. So, uh, well, you're in Pennsylvania, you know, uh, Akron outside of Cleveland. Um, yeah. so we grew up in Akron and then 
Uh, so we were Cleveland Browns fans growing up, uh, and they were halfway decent back then. They were, you know, nicknamed the Cardiac Kids uh, back in the early 80s when I was, you know, in late 70s uh, when I was watching them. And then um, and I was young. And then my dad was a, uh, as far as college goes, he was a uh, Notre Dame fan. He loved oh, Notre perfect. Dame. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then as I got older, of course, I went, you know, I liked Ohio State and, of course, Notre Dame uh, because of my dad and then the Browns. And um, I always, once I left, you know, I went in the military and, then, you know, once I left the house and got on my own and all that kind of stuff, when I came back and we started a family, <clears throat> I actually lived back in Ohio you know, move back there after uh, a little while after I got out, we, uh, we would get together and watch games. I was still, you know, I was still a Browns and Ohio state and, and Notre Dame fan. Um, when we moved down here to South Carolina 15 years ago, back in 07, we, uh, I tried not rooting for the Browns, um, just because they were fucking horrible. They're always disappointing. <laughs> so, they, they, they've been rough for a while. Honestly. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I got to find a team because I love watching football. I got to find a team that ha- does halfway decent and it can't be the Steelers because they were always our arch rivals. Okay. Right. Uh, so I got to find a team that I can enjoy watching that I know will win at least half the time. So uh, I, I just couldn't do it, bro. I, it was like in my blood, like right. every time the Browns were on, I, I just couldn't get that emotional attachment to a team that I had with the Browns. Um, and, and I, so anyway, so I would, I, I really didn't have time to be honest. I did not have time to watch football or any sports, uh, for a lot of years. Um, we moved down here. Our kids were still young. I was working a ton of overtime. I was, you know, working seven days a week. Um, I'd get a, I'd, I might work 30 days in a row. So, and then with five kids, you know, once they started getting, you know, they were, get a little bit older. They were all close together, different sports. We were busy as hell. We never had cable. We never had, you know, time to watch TV anyway. So when I did, when I got laid up and I got, you know, I was able to watch sports. That's when all that shit started happening with the uh, NFL. And I was like, fuck this, bro. It turned me off completely. Didn't, I couldn't even watch a game. I was so disinterested uh, so I, I just never watched, this is the first year that I watched football again since that. And, um, and I don't know, I guess, you know, all of our kids had moved out in the last year and a half. And, uh, so well, my daughter moved out a while ago, she went in the air force years ago, spent four years in the air force, but, um, all my kid, the other three, well, three other kids bought houses and then my youngest daughter, uh, they're looking for a house now. They, uh, they got married back in October. So all of our kids moved out and now it's me and my wife. And I'm like, man, it's football season. I don't know what happened. I just started getting into it mm-hmm. and, uh, there's no politics in it. You know, not really. I don't watch sports center kind of stuff. Hey, I, I just watch the game. I don't like the talking heads, yeah. which is funny because here I am doing this being a talking head, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's but, different, though, you know what I mean, when you're doing your own thing, and, and those guys are paid to say certain things, I think, you know, right. what they want to be saying. And like yourself, I'm a veteran, too, so like for right. me, when that was all going on, I was just like, yeah, I gotta be done with this for now, yeah. because it just, uh, it goes against every moral fiber of my being uh-huh. to, to support or watch any of this. You know, it's weird is, I tried, 
getting getting it out of my head. So I would try turning a game on like 10, 15 minutes into the game, right? I still couldn't do it. I still mm-hmm. couldn't do it. It's just I was so hung up on, you know, it's just like, bro, I just cannot all this because in the in the you know halftime stuff they start talking about all this shit i'm like dude fuck out of here so uh but yeah this is the first year i started watching it again uh college as well and uh because i didn't watch college back then either because i right. you know some of the teams were starting to do that other stupid shit so um now seems pretty uh i haven't seen anything weird um so <laughs> been all right. Yeah, and college was better with that stuff too. I think that they were a little more. Um, yeah, there was only a couple. The lanes were there a little bit more than not uh, allowed them to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, uh, you know, we just uh, we don't. I got to say though, I, I was big. I was a news junkie for a long time, and uh, and then like so right after the military, I got out in '93 late 93, uh, for probably seven or eight years, I watched, I kept up on the news constantly. And I don't know if it was because of the military, like, you know, you have to keep up on current event stuff, but it, I didn't realize at the time it was really fucking me up, uh, like in the head, like all the negative shit. Yeah. So it, it kind of fixed itself. Uh, I didn't really choose to stop watching until I was away from it for a while because, uh, I started working a lot of overtime you know, back then, like late nineties. And, uh, I would, uh, I I didn't have time. And then we got rid of cable. Our kids were little, we had VHS, uh, tapes and stuff for them, you know, kids and Barney. And we'd let them watch that here and there, but, uh, we didn't have, you know, cable TV. We never had the TV on. And, um, so I got out of it and I was, and then I'd go, you know, we would go to a family event, somewhere in my parents or some my sisters or something, you know, where they'd have the news on in the background kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, Oh, what the fuck? Man, it just gave me this weird feeling. I'm like, Oh no. Uh-uh. So I, did, I, I chose not to watch it for 20 years. I honestly haven't watched the news in years. And the yeah. reason is, is it's depressing. It is. Uh, and all they do is hound on everything that's bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can't go through life just thinking about everything that's wrong. There's got to be positivity. Right. And I, I feel like the news just doesn't do that at all. Absolutely. Yeah. You remember when, uh, when that, when the videos start coming, there's a ton of videos online, like uh, YouTube and Instagram and stuff with different accounts where, um, that are positive. The, uh, the free hugs guy, he was going mm-hmm. around, you know, and then they, would sh- and then there was this other channel. I can't remember which one it was, but, uh, they would show just positive, you know, like the, uh, the feel good stories, you know, somebody yeah. helped somebody else do this, or they helped this, like the one guy that was doing a uh, free haircuts, there was the free hugs guy. And then there was the free haircut guy who would just go in, in the middle of, I don't know, New York city or something or a big city. And yeah. Set I think up that a, was in New York. Yeah. And set up and he would help like homeless guys, you know, can get cleaned up and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just shit like that. It was like, man, you watch a few of those, uh, it, it really rebuilds your faith in humanity. And, uh, you know, if you just pay attention to everyday life, like you go to the store, you go to the gas station, you go to work, you go, most people are just, are good, are good people. Like they're polite. Hey, how you doing? You know, whatever. Like they're not shitting on everybody all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why someone like the Mr. Beast, who is just his, you know, the big, he's like the biggest YouTuber right now, I think. I think he has the largest yep. channel. And like, 
And that's why he's just blown up so much because his whole channel is surrounded by like a positive thing, yeah. helping people, um, you know, and showing life, you know, from a different, a different point of view. And he obviously has lots of money with the viewership that he gets and he just right. gives it all away. He's like a modern day, like Robin hood. Um, and I almost feel like he came into the picture, like right at the perfect time yeah. and had just blown it out of the water because there was so much negativity that people like knew that as an ability to like escape it. Uh-huh. And he's become that platform for them. Um, you know, and I think it's the same way in Airsoft. I mean, like yep. getting off the whole world discussion, but even in Airsoft, like you see so much it is. Um, negativity and like toxicity, mm. toxicity around Airsoft. Um, you know, there's so many different teams out there and, and different things going on. They're always the best or, you know, their guns are the best and, you know, don't be a rental and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, I kind of branched off on my own for and created my own thing. And, you know, I'm trying to do a lot more stuff with like charity, um, and working with like veterans, uh, organizations, um, special Olympics, things like that, um, oh, nice. to get them more involved, um, and coming out to like our events and things like that, you know, and like we're doing raffles and things at our events, uh, which everybody does that, but we're actually yeah. donating our money to charity um, for a lot of that stuff. Um, and we do like a monthly giveaway every single month. It's uh, it's a $10 subscription. Yeah. Uh, once we make ourselves whole on the gun that we give away, it goes to charity. So nice. like, yeah. So a lot of the, you know, what I'm trying to build up in airsoft is like, I don't want to compare myself to Mr. Beast, but like trying to change that mindset from like a toxic money hungry you know, we're the best mindset to just like, let's build a community, let's have fun and let's get back to what this truly is. And that's a mm. game and an escape from reality. And it should right. be enjoying yourself. Um, yeah, so sure. I mean, that's, what, that's what my whole goal is and what I'm trying to do with my, with my company and even my YouTube channel. Uh, you know, I was always trying to go out and help kids and, and play with those rental players and give things away and, and, you know, do reviews and how to videos and actually explain things on how th- stuff works and be that uh, like mentor for people. And of course provide gameplay because everyone likes watching that. Sure. Yeah, that's good, man. Now, did you, uh, did you start playing airsoft in Pennsylvania? We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by skirmish. The future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Uh, I would say so, yeah. I probably started playing when I was like in elementary school. Um, Holy so I'm shit, a bit, okay. I'm a bit older than you, or younger than you, I should say. I was born in 95. Yeah. Um, so I'm 27. Uh, so yeah, I probably started playing like elementary age and I played my way up. Um, then I stopped when I was in the service, um, I was in the service for six years. And then when okay. I got out, I started up again. Um, I got into like filming, uh, which then spun off into doing like the YouTube thing on airsoft. And then, like I said, obviously I came from like the positive vibes and like the teamwork mentality from the military, like how you did. Right. And came in airsoft and realized that, uh, that's there, it's there, but it's not, you know, the predominant thing it feels like at times. So I thought, you know, hmm. I want to build something that 
incorporates that feel good, positive mentality uh, and inclusion that I feel like at times is missing. And, and, you know, like I said, that's why I just spun up my whole little thing that I've built now to this point. Sure. No, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's so good because uh, what I'm hearing is more and more people that I talk with are uh, are doing, you know, have the same kind of mindset as what you're talking about with the uh, being positive and working on uh, kind of spreading that. Um, in fact, I, you know, I've said it so many times, but yeah, that's the, I feel like the uh, Airsoft community is probably the biggest pay it forward community uh-huh. that I've ever seen. Uh, you know, that I, I just, I've talked with so many people in different, countries it's all the same doesn't matter doesn't matter mm-hmm. how they started in airsoft doesn't matter uh where they grew up uh what their background was you know military veteran or not uh it it doesn't matter like it is every single person i've talked with is uh is is that same way just giving uh generous um wanting to kind of you know spread that that vibe or whatever around so and helping people get started uh so that people have a good time you know while they're there shit like that so yeah it's wild dude okay now what so you did you play uh when you started um recently like in the last uh, i guess as an adult after you got out of the military when you start playing again did you go to uh mostly were you doing mill sims or just like pickup games on at an outdoor field or speed uh, speed soft uh, so I've tried a little bit of everything. So I do attend Milsim events uh, throughout the year. I do to do open plays as well. Um, you know, I mostly play at uh, Outdoor Extreme, Lingelstown, um, Ambush Adventure Park. I'll adventure down into Maryland. Um, I have done the uh, speedball uh, type thing. It's uh, a little too much for, for my personal liking. Like you said, I'm holding fat. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't do so hot with the running around and, and the tight space uh, with 50 people. You don't want to run and slide? Yeah, no, I'd probably break a hip. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like even when it starts getting snowy, and like as soon as I fall one time, I'm like, I'm done. Like it could be like the first <laughs> game, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I need a break already. I need to sit in my car, you know, drink hot oh, chocolate, and then I'll, I'll think <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of uh, expanded into all aspects of it. You know, when I was a kid, it was all just like backyard pickup, you know, play with your buddies. You know, the Walmart clear plastic guns, uh, <laughs> right? you know, that your dad bought you for 20 bucks and said it was a real good one. Um, <laughs> you know, I did the same uh, thing with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's how I got started. And then, you know, up through high school, I had some better stuff. You know, I remember when like Air Splat was around. Um, oh, I don't wow. even think they're in business anymore. I think they went out of business like 10 years ago. Um, oh, shit. Okay. So, so I used to shop with them. Um, I don't even know if e-bike was a thing when I used to play pretty heavy. Um, yeah. They've been around for a while. So I remember it back when it was like the early, early stages um, before, it, you know, kind of grew into how big it is now. Um, you know, so I've just kind of built my way up, you know, and I, I saw the, uh, you know, the starts of like the, you know, AGs becoming what they were with lipos and then green gas guns and gas blowback stuff and, you know, getting into HPA when that all came out. So, you know, I was a part of, um, you know, kind of progressed with the sport. Sorry. My wife is like now going down in my basement. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> Sorry. Damn it, honey. God. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> this is important. Um, yeah. So I kind of followed the entire thing the whole way through. So it's been an exciting experience for me, you know, and now I'm, uh, you know, I'm the uh, stereotypical exclusive MTW polar star player out there with my full kit. Um, you know, 
And uh, as, as a veteran player, you know, when I first kind of came back out of the service, it was like almost cringy for me with like kind of how it came through, you know, mm. you know, you see these guys that are 20 um, that, you know, are wearing the 101st airborne patch and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I, I had to readjust right. a little bit uh, with it, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great outlet, you know, it's something I really enjoy. It's fun for me. Um, you know, me and some of my buddies, we always go play. I associate with a lot of different people and a lot of different teams. Um, and that's something for me, you know, I, I was on a team for a while. Um, okay. And even like that, that kind of grew into like a, a sort of toxic situation in a way. Um, and I just wanted to like that community thing again, like I was talking about, like I wanted to have fun with like everybody. Like I didn't want to be stuck on just doing one thing with what this group of individuals do. I wanted to experience, you know, everything that there was um, right. and truly enjoy the whole sport. And so I feel like I've kind of done that um, over the course of the last yeah, fifteen or so years that I've been playing. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm a good, long-winded man. speaker, so if I talk too long, just cut me off. No, it's no, no. That you're good. You're perfect. Uh, that is uh, no. I love to hear the uh, elaborated stories because um, I'm not really that good at asking a whole lot of questions. I guess. Um, so when somebody, you know, if somebody opens up and they start talking, uh, you know, telling more stories about the. We're more in depth, I guess, about their journey and where they're at now, and you know what they're involved in, what they're excited about. I love to hear it. I don't, I don't mind at all. Uh, yeah, my face might not always show it. I don't know because I was <laughs> doing the podcast with the uh, with um, the guys from uh, Black Wolf Videos. Uh, well, they're both named Matt. One Matt is Black Wolf Videos, and then the other Matt was uh, Vanguard Airsoft Events or something like that. So. Um, and they're out in uh, Texas, I think. Yeah. So, uh, and as we're as they're talking, I'm listening, and they're you know they're both like going back and forth telling these different stories, whatever. And I'm sitting here like this, and then and the one guy just stops, and he's like, "Are you? Do you understand? Like, are you good?" And I'm like, "Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm good, man. What? What?" Is <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Oh, okay. I couldn't read your your expression." I'm like. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. Like I'm I'm really enjoying it. You know, sometimes, and they were on uh, these earbuds, so mm. they had one had one end, one had the other end. Okay. So <clears throat> when I would say something, it would delay. So it would kind of they were in the middle of something. So if I respond, you know, like you do when you're in person, you're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, right. Uh, when I say those little things, it kind of comes through, and then they stop, and so I just shut up. And so they were talking for a good five minutes and then he's like, are you good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm listening. Right. Like, dude, yeah, go keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't mind at all. I don't mind. So I want to hear about your, uh, I want to hear about your, um, so how did you start or what, why did you start, uh, the event thing? Is it because you wanted to start, you know, hosting more, um, positive type of events or like what, what's your plan with the events? Um, yeah, I mean, I think for like starting it off, I wanted to bring like more of that positivity um, to the sport. I think also realistically, uh, you know, there's a lot of event promoters out there. Um, I don't think every event you go to is a world-class event. Um, no. you know, so we're, our main objective is, you know, it's so many big light name companies out there. You know, you look at like Amazon or Best Buy, multi-billion dollar companies. Well, they get that way because they call themselves uh, customer centric. So like their priority is always the customer. So like we're doing that same mentality, just obviously with players. 
So mm-hmm. what we're looking for is how can we incorporate into our games all of our experiences? Um, so, you know, kind of on my team, like I have a guy who owned his own field for 10 years and has run hundreds of events um, and has a lot of experiences and uh, perspectives that he's gained over the years. So we're trying to incorporate everything into our events that we feel like people would find that's fun and then constantly be improving um, our events over the years and over time to continue to make them. So that way, when people come, we want when people come to our events that they play it. And as soon as it's over, they're telling us that they can't wait until the next one. You know, what yeah. I mean? that's what we're looking for, that ultimate fun factor. So we're also trying to incorporate. So they are Milson events. They're 12 hours long. There's objectives to do. There's nighttime gameplay. So if you want to run MBGs or tracers, it's there. Everything that we can you can incorporate in a Milson is there. But it's also set up in such a way that if you are a beginner, um, if it's your first Milsim, if you don't want to go run around and pick up a dummy, you know, a, a down pilot and lock them on your back, you don't have to do those things. You know, you can come out and do that slower gameplay, you know, if you are older or, you know, we, we you know, working with Special Olympics, you know, if, if they're coming out, you know, there's going to be people out there that don't have that kind of movement. But the game's still fun, even for them, that they can go out and enjoy it. And it doesn't have to be that hardcore Milsim, like a Milsim West or something like that. So we try to incorporate all these um, all these things that these large event companies do and put it all in one game. Right. Um, so we're just trying to maximize the fun, maximize the um, the people that can attend it and enjoy it. Um, okay. And basically overall, just, you know, build the community around it. Um, obviously, with this being our first year running events, um, you know, we're not expecting a thousand people to show up or anything like that. Um, but hopefully over time, you know, we're looking to grow into one of those bigger name companies. Um, you know, we're already expanding outside of Pennsylvania. We're moving into running events in New Jersey. Um, I've talked to people from Virginia, New York, Maryland. Um, all over that I've talked to, you know, over the phone, over social media that, you know, yeah. I've kind of done a conversation like this about, you know, what are we about? What are we trying to do? Um, and, you know, a lot of them that I've talked to, you know, always say that, you know, they talk to these event promoters. They're always saying, these are my demands. This is what I want. This is what you're going to do. And this is what you'll get for it. And I'm more hmm. trying to approach it when I talk to these people is it's like, I want to help you and I want to help me and I want to help the whole community. So how can we make this happen to work together to keep yeah. building this sport and keep building a rapport um, and, and bring new people into it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I've gone to events and, or just open play. And like we kind of talked that, that toxicity that shows up that people, you know, crap on rental players or the young kids that are running around with like Lancer tacticals, you know, yeah. like they're the best ones because they're the ones that are growing the sport without them, the sport will die. Yeah. So, you know, we're, I'm all about incorporating the new players, um, you know, and that's why we are doing so much with like charity and trying to bring people in, you know, um, like just for the event side of things, like I'm giving away free tickets to people, um, mm. you know, it's, it, you know, to try to incorporate new players coming into the sport and things like that. Um, so I guess that's kind of why I branched out on my own. If that answers the question again, that was kind of sure. diluted and muddy. Well, um, how does that, how do you go? So what's the logistic part of it? Like you, so let's say uh, you, so have you already started hosting events? Yeah, so we have, we have one in April, uh, we have one in June, and we have one in September right now on the schedule. Okay, so um, have you had one yet that you've hosted? No, no, we haven't okay. hosted one yet. But you've already planned them. Correct. They're already planned, scenarios, written, everything's already set, ready to go. Tickets are for sale for them. Okay. Um, potentially, we're going to be adding a fourth event at the end of the year, which will be a charity event. And then, so what do you have? So to set up an event like that, you just uh, you get all your info like on your end set up like what you want to do and then what do you do con start contacting fields uh pretty much yeah okay. and then, well, so like, uh they really don't want to talk to you unless like one you are established as a business um two you have to have insurance 
Insurance, uh, right. Uh, three, which is usually they want to know exactly what your scenario is. They want to know exactly what your rules list is, how many people. Um, and then just kind of like your overall, like what's a general, like how do you run your event? You know, is it objective based? Um, you know, that sort of stuff. And then usually it's like, what are you providing? So like, they'll be like, um, are you providing props? Are you providing the chrono stations and blah, 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 blah. So like typically if you're not like ready to answer all these questions, like boom, 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 right down in a row, they kind of just pass you off to be honest. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. what I've seen, um, from, from my experience. And then of course the big one is always money. Um, which is, you know, shitty that we have to be that way. But, uh, you know, that always comes down to the field has to make sense for the field to shut down for a day or two. Um, you know, mm. if they're making, if they're making 10 grand a day in open play, they're not going to shut down the field for four grand from you. You know what I mean? Like you're going right. to watch it. So, um, that's typically how it kind of goes. Um, mm. You know, I what I did when I started it off was basically is I formed my business. Um, I wrote my scenarios my rules list together kind of formed everything that i wanted to have and then like you said i just started hitting up fields uh okay. so i would call them up ask to speak to the owner or like whatever i'd rattle off whatever i was uh trying to you know basically trying to sell them on essentially right um, sure and sometimes it worked out you know what i mean and sometimes you know i i don't want to say anyone told me to fuck off but i definitely got the uh, i'll call you back i'm real busy i'll call you at seven right and then, like, the week passes, and you're, like, calling them back up again. Hey, you never called me. Oh, I'll call you. I'm busy. I'll call you at 6, you know. Um, so that, that kind of stuff yeah. happens a lot. Um, you know, what I've found, you know, the, the the places that I'm running events at and where I want to continue running events at is the people, when I talk to them, that they get excited. Um, so, like, if I'm talking to a field owner and I can tell that, like, he's really not listening to me and he doesn't really care what I have to say, then I've gotten to a point now where I'm like, you know what, unless it's like the dopest field I've ever heard of, I kind mm-hmm. don't care now to run an event there. Like I want you to show the same energy that I have coming to the event um, to make it as best as possible. Because ultimately at the end of the day, this is a, we have to meet each other. Um, you know what I mean? Like I'm providing right. XYZ, but you got to meet me too. So if you're not willing to, to, to work that work for it, like I am, then it's probably going to fall on its face. Um, so that's kind of like. I wonder of the if uh, I wonder if that's if that attitude has changed with a lot of field owners in the last few years because of how popular it's gotten uh, and how they're you know a lot of fields have grown. I know I know some shut down during all lockdown I, bullshit, but I think you know once people start getting out again, they're like they're making a shit ton of money. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, what you just said there is a hundred percent a fact, and the reality of it is, in a lot of places I've talked to, honestly, they're doing events in house, um, and the reason for that is, is because a lot of these event promoters are burning them. Um, and right. when I say burning right. them, they're not paying them. Uh, right. They're saying they have insurance when they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're selling tickets under the table to their buddies for twenty five bucks, and then pretending like they're not there. Um, yep. you know, they're doing a lot of things that are shady. Uh, that are just really not what you should be doing as a business. Um, so these these field owners, you know, they're not dumb. You know, they've right. figured it out. They know there's a scheme being played, um, unfortunately, by a lot of these these game promoters. And um, sure, you know, so, and that's why, like I said, you know, when you talk to them, like if you're not like, hey, I'm a I'm a legitimate business. Like I'll send you all my business documentation. Blah 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 blah. blah. I got insurance. I'll literally give you my policy number right now with the phone. Fact check me you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, I found that to be the most uh, effective way, um, you know, to get across to him basically, because it's tough. It's a, it's a tough market um, to be honest. I mean, a lot of people um, in this industry are very brand um, like 
loyal. You know, if you shop at, at AMP, you're probably going to shop at AMP. If you shop at Evite, you're sure. probably going to shop at. You know, if you if you play third coast airsoft events and that's all you want to play, well, you're probably not going to leave. Um, right. So, well, there's enough probably, information out there too, right? There's a lot of information out there that you can research. So you can watch videos from, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure most people, not maybe not newer people, newer players, but most people that are that are experienced going to Milsims have heard the differences between Milsim West and Third Coast Airsoft events. So uh, most of them. And if they haven't, uh, and if if you guys out there, if no one's, li- uh, you know, has heard that difference, uh, let me tell you, if you ever listen to this, instead of, you know, research these different Milsim companies or whatever, uh, Milsim West is a uh, Milsim event that you work towards going Uh it's not something you start out. Don't make that your first milsim that you ever go to. You will, uh, unless you're just out of the military, like fresh out of the military, and you were, uh, you know, you're in good shape, and you have broken in gear, especially boots, uh, and you're experienced with all this kind of stuff. That is like uh, the the you know going to a milsim west event is kind of like being in the military for a couple of days. Um, like for real, for real, uh, third coast, you know, so they have all these different scenarios and, or, uh, you know, event coordinators that stick to a pretty similar itinerary, I guess, uh, and style that they run. And, uh, and so it, it provides a lot of different options for newer players, for players, you know, my two sons, they're, uh, they're in their twenties, but they're, they're, you know, they're overweight, um, they don't want to run anymore. They played football their whole, you know, high school years. Um, and once they get out, they're like, we don't want to do that kind of exercise anymore. <laughs> so sure. they yeah. go to third coast, uh, you know, where they have the option to come off the field and just chill or whatever. Or the, the playtime is two and a half, three hours at a time. And then there's a break. So uh, it's a, you know, these differences you can look up. You can look up different, uh, you know, get information on like what you're talking about. You can get information to make a decision on some of these events and uh, and then figure out what, you know, is best for for you. <clears throat> and there's a lot of different, you know, those uh, those fields, um, I'm guessing, like you said, they got burned on a lot of a lot of things. You know, I'm sure that's popped up a lot because of, you know, all the different things you listed and these fields are. I can imagine they would host their own events in house because of that. Yeah. Know. I mean, and most of them are, I mean, and to be honest with, with the way that I've felt with talking to these people, I don't think they necessarily want to um, yeah. run them in house because they are a lot of work and it's really sure. expensive. Um, it's a extremely time consuming, um, mm. to, you know, keep track of all this stuff and write it all down and, and you know, write all the scenarios and, and do all the stuff for it. So yeah. I, I, I don't think they don't want to do it, but I feel like they just don't trust anybody anymore. Right. Um, you know, and, and like you were saying, those big name event companies, you know, they've grown so large and they're playing at these special you know, locations mm-hmm. um, and they're extremely expensive to attend. You know what I mean? You're talking right. 125 to probably three, four hundred dollar tickets. Right. Um, so, you know, and like just kind of backpedaling here, you know, that's why we wanted to take what what do these events do really well that people mm-hmm. like and then incorporate on one and make it a sixty dollar event. Um, and play it at a local field where you don't have to travel eight hours to go and play at and still have that Milsim 
lineup where you have a leadership, you have a platoon leader, you have a platoon sergeant, you're organized into your platoons like a Milsim. But if you want to walk off and eat a Snickers, you can. And no one's going to fault you for it. You know, if you like that semi-auto only, running tracers, running night vision, it's there for you. But at the events, there will be spotlights because not everybody can afford night vision. So there's yeah. going to be certain areas in the field that are lit up. So if you are that 15-year-old playing your first middle sim without MBGs, you're not just getting fucked up all night by <laughs> right. you know, a team of 25-year-olds that have been playing for 10 years. And they all got MBGs and MTWs just wrecking everybody. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So we're trying to incorporate everything where it's like it's the best of all the worlds mixed into one event. Um, so everyone can be happy. Yeah. You know, it's funny you brought the, the all those different points up about it because, uh, you know, there's a uh, – I, I would have never thought of these, uh, like, smaller event coordinators, like ones I've never heard of or, you know, like yourself, brand new ones. Right. Um, I would have never thought all the different, uh, I guess, struggles or obstacles they have to overcome to uh, – to put on an event, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them that have tried doing events and, you know, they had good intentions. Um, and then like, Oh, you know, they're not business owners. They've never were a business owner. They don't know how to do this, you know, set all this stuff up. So they don't know how to manage the money. They don't know how to like, make sure, Hey, the field has to get this, or this has to get, you know, we have to get so many people for that. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, when you when it comes to these uh, type of event things, you have to have things that cost money. So insurance costs money for you know somebody like yourself that has to get uh, when you have to register as a as a business that costs money. Yep. Um, when you go to a field, you have to promise or pay up front. I don't know. Uh, how they do it if you lease the field out for ninety nine percent of these fields, you have to pay them up front. Um, Yep. Probably Usually, because of the past. Yeah. Um, so from my experience with renting from these fields for a day, your down payment is anywhere from five to ten thousand um, dollars. Yep. down payment up front before they'll even sign a contract um uh, with you to run an event. Um your insurance cost per event is usually about two thousand dollars um yeah. that you're gonna spend for that. Um paying your staff, most refs, they're for a twelve hour event, you're probably talking two hundred bucks a guy. Uh, to ref it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you want to get into more cost stuff, you know, event patches that costs money. You know, you're probably going to spend five, six hundred dollars in patches. Of course, hopefully, yep. you make it back up with people buying them, but it's still an expense. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, like the wristbands you got to put on, um, the all the paperwork stuff, filing everything. Um, you have to keep track of every single person that's coming in and off the field through your ticket purchases. Um, not only to make the game even, but also for insurance purposes, because you have to report that to the field and to insurance. Um, right. We're all coming out there to it. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, and it is very expensive. I mean, realistically, for 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 a day long event that like what we're running, financially speaking, you're just going to spend in total probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars per event just to run it. Wow. Um, so, I mean, you figure if you're charging sixty five dollars a head, you better be selling at least a hundred and 40 tickets uh, to just break even. But then anything after that would most likely be a profit. Um, So the events, if you're selling are very profitable. Um, You know, if you figure if, if the event caps at 500 people and you have 500 people there and your limit to sell to break even is 140. 
So, I mean, you're making 360 tickets and $65 a ticket. So right there is like, what, uh, 18 grand going in your pocket from a weekend right. uh, after paying everybody. So it is very profitable, but you also at the same time, do you have the following to sell tickets like that? Right. And do you have the money up front to cover these expenses? And if it doesn't sell and you don't make that money back, is the money in your, you know, are, you know, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to recuperate, you know, in some way and keep going or are you going to fall flat on the face? Um, so, you know, and, and that's just the reality of it. And I think a lot of people want to run companies, uh, event companies. I think a lot of people want to have airsoft stores. You know, I hear it everywhere I go that, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I wish I had an airsoft store and I want to do this yeah. and I want to do that. And it's like, dude, you hit up Evike as a business and say, yo, I'm going to run a retail store. Your first order is 50 grand. Wow. So like, you know, I do all my, everything that I order is coming from Ant. So like even from Ant, you know, they're my retailer that I'm buying from and then reselling. Um, are they in Pennsylvania? Yeah, they are. That's what I um, thought. Okay. Even for we, them. We've gotten some stuff from there. Okay. Have you? Yeah. So like even for them, there's no like um, big minimum order like that, but it's a $750 minimum order. So like, if if I had no product in stock and you wanted to buy a magazine off me, I don't carry. I can't just be like, "Hey, amps, I want to buy this one mag, bro." No, you got to spend seven hundred fifty dollars on this order, and then we'll ship it to you, and you still have to pay shipping. Right. So you know, it's not just so so easy to just be like, "Oh, I got five hundred bucks burning a hole in my pocket. I'm just gonna go ahead and spend this five hundred bucks and have a store and run, you know, a five hundred player game." Um, you know, it is very expensive to get into, uh, which people don't realize, you know what I mean? A lot of people don't realize that it costs that much money oh, sure. um, to go out and do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, honestly, like I'm doing something like this is just to try to help spread the word of our events. Right. Um, you know, we've taken in a lot of people and sponsorships, a lot of YouTubers, um, teams, things like that, uh, to basically just try to project it. Um, and get it out there. And, we're, you know, that's why we're also partnering with so many charities. I mean, not the only reason, but one of the reasons we're partnering with charities is to just help uh-huh. get our name out there a little bit. Um, right. And, just, you know, stay the course of our mission um, with what we're trying to do um, and just grow the biggest events that we possibly can. But, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a lot that goes on uh, that you people, I'm sure, do not realize goes into it. Yeah, I'm sure, bro. Yeah, that's a ton. Yeah, they hear, uh, you know, they see the success of these uh, some of these fields in the last, you know, two years or whatever, and they think, uh, oh, what? I I can still work full, my full-time job. I can, uh, you know, run the field on the weekends. And uh, ha- my open play days, I'm going to make ten grand. What? You know, well, you're not making ten grand because it yeah. still costs, you know, whatever to – There's a difference in revenue and what you're actually getting take home right. while you're net. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, on an event, if I – like for, at my events, it's $65 a head. If I sold five hundred tickets – yeah. You know, my revenue is what uh, 18, 24, so like twenty five thousand dollars in revenue. I'm not making twenty five thousand dollars. You know what yep. I mean? There's no, that 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 was with, <laughs> and, and paying exactly. everybody. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then taxes on top of that. Taxes you know, on top of running, that. If you're running a legitimate business, you know, figure thirty percent in taxes at least. I mean, if not right. more. You know, um, so you know that's coming out too. So. There, like I said, there is a lot <laughs> that goes into that you have to pay attention to. Um, and like right. you said, informing a business, you know, not that that's an extremely hard thing to do, um, but that can be convoluted. You know what I mean? Like, how do you register for it? What do you register as? You, you have know? to know, right, what to call it, what category, what, you know, yeah. whatever. 
you got to register it with the federal government, the state, the local. Uh, you know, there's quarterly sales taxes you got to pay attention to every quarter that have to be filled out. I mean, there's a lot, you know, that goes on behind the scenes that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah. You know, even stuff like this. Like, I do meetings like this, like, almost every night of the week, it seems like. I'm talking to somebody um, or I'm trying to get a hold of a field that I want to run an event at, you know. Like I said, I've talked to fields all over the place, like New York, Ohio. Like I've even talked to fields like all the way down in Texas, um, talking to them, just like run events there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing 10,000 things and I, and I work full time. So it's definitely a lot. Yeah. What kind of work do you do? Uh, so my, uh, well, after I got out of the service, I was a diesel technician uh, for a couple of years. Uh, then I left doing that to take a management position. So now I do uh, project management, and I've been doing that for about two years. On uh, on what construction, like homes? Um, it's uh, actually like a truck trailer repair. Um, oh yeah. Thing, uh, basically. I mean, the business oh, shit. is okay. technically like six different businesses. Yeah, my um, buddy does it, that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, and we do a lot of different things. That's just the main like thing that I. I do. So like I do a lot of um, like estimating, quoting um, large projects, obviously, that come in as a project manager. Um, sure. You know, that could be something like um, a giant buys a, a slew of 100 trailers and they want all their stickers put on them and yeah. they want, you know, some minor work done to them. And I'll quote, I'll build a quote for all that, build a contract um, with them, break it all down, schedule it, you know. So I kind of see that process from beginning to end on a large scale. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's uh. So, did you like doing the uh, diesel mechanic stuff? I liked it a lot. Um, I just, to be honest with you, like I, I worked from like fourteen years old all the way up to now. I've always worked like forty, fifty, sixty hours a week. Like even in high school, I was working forty hours a week. Um, yeah. When I was in the military, I was working in the military and working a, a job outside of the military. Um, I went to college full time while in the military. Uh, when I got out, I continued going to college after I got out and working full time. So, like, even now, like, I still work probably 50 hours at my regular job, and I probably work 30 hours a week doing this. Right. So, like, I've worked so much over the last bit, main majority of my life um, that turning wrenches every day and like beating up my body, it just became way too much for me. Like, I started oh, yeah. having back issues and. You know, I was like 25, and I was like, you know, there's no reason why I should be this fucked up at 25. <laughs> like, this is some fucking shit. Um, so, did you uh, uh, did you work on trucks in the military? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, for six years. Yeah. Oh god. Um, yeah. Climbing yeah, up and down, yeah. jumping off of that shit sucks. <laughs> yeah, so I I just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I can't keep doing this, and I was like, I have yeah. a degree, I'm not using the shit. So I was like, I better just, you know, try to find a job, you know, that I can use my degree and sit at a desk. So that's what I did. And, um, you know, that working that where I work at now is what's kind of brought me into the realm of like owning my own business and like entrepreneurship because it's a small business. um, And I work very closely with the owner and like our accountants and things like that. Right. But like I first started working there, I got into like investing, um, you know, uh, stocks and real estate and like all sorts of stuff. Um, and I like really kind of expanded my mind really with yeah. like a lot of this stuff on like an intellectual level. And then I kind of just realized like all this stuff you can do with an LLC and like with a business and, you know, how much money I could, I said, could 
make. <laughs> oh, sure. Running it takes day. work. It takes um, a lot of work. You know, Consistent I, work. Absolutely. And, you know, and I just, I, I kind of just thought to myself, like, I've been working, you know, 70, 80, whatever hours a week for someone else. And I've made people you know, over the course of my life a fuck ton of money. Sure. It's like, why am I doing that? Like, yeah. when I could just do something myself and make a fuck ton of money. Like, yeah. I, you know, so that was how my brain thought, you know, uh-huh. uh, it's just like investing in the stock market. It's not about what you gain today. It's about what you're going to gain in 20 years from today. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, that's what kind of got my mind to work to starting a business. And I was just like, you know, what would I want to do? And where, what do I like? And like, I've always had, you know, my parents, of course, taught me the if you love what you'll do, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't know. Maybe it's true. So I thought, you know, what can I do and own a business that if I were to be able to make a bunch of money that I could stop working and just do that? What would I really like to do? And I was like, well, what would I like to do now? I was like, well, put fucking airsoft. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, that's a really good business idea. And then I like thought about myself more and more and more. And I was like, you know what? I, I am tired of the toxicity. I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of fucking going to <laughs> events and paying $125 in the event sucks. Like I'm fucking yeah. tired of it. So and I was like, you know, literally like a spur of the moment one day, I was playing with my buddy, Sean. He owned a field for like 10 years, sold it. Um, and we were taught, we were at an event, we were talking to each other. And I was like, I'm, you know, I fucking, I'm had it with this shit. You know, I should just do my own thing, run my own events, have my own store. Um, you know, and he was like, well, fucking do it, you pussy. And I was like, all right, fine. And then literally like a week later, I was like, yep, my application submitted to the government for my LLC. I fucking reached out to these people, reached out to this people. And I remember talking to him on the phone. He was like, okay. He was like, <laughs> he was like, I was fucking with you, but okay. And he was like, yeah, we'll run with this. So I was like, he's right, like, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, you know, it's just spiraled from there. Um, um, yeah. So it just like totally spiraled. And, um, you know, I mean, like, we're definitely not raking in millions of dollars or anything like that. You know, uh, the biggest thing that we're doing right now that's, like, making money uh, for us is actually selling guns, airsoft guns, to police departments. Um, oh, are they so going that, into that now? With uh, Yeah, so so my buddy who owned a field is also, or was, a cop for, like, 13 years. Nice. And, again, uh, he comes up with the ideas that I'm just a dumb, dumb poo-poo head. Um, so... <laughs> But we were we were playing again. This is later. Like this is months went have gone by now, and I've established this. And we were playing, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, Logan. Um, when I was a cop, it would have been fucking sick if we had some of these airsoft guns to play with." And I was like, "Well, you think like you think they'd buy them off me? Like if I just start going around the police departments?" And he was like, "It's worth a shot." So I made some brochures, got some business cards, and. I was like, I'm going to fucking go to these police departments and take my guns out in the car and be like, yeah, you know, let me show you how to do all this stuff. And, you know, you use this stuff for training. Of course, from a military background, you know, I could kind of right. talk to their language a little bit with like, you know, clearing rooms and, and, you know, takedowns and being able to actually shoot each other. And again, some police departments basically look at me, laugh and tell me to get the fuck out. Um, but some of them have been like super cool about it. You know, I go there right. and I talk to, you know, corporal so-and-so at the front desk. And they're like, you know what? let me go get our chief. And the next thing you know, I'm talking to this 60 year old chief who knows nothing about airsoft and he's out there shooting right. my MPW and he's like, Holy shit, this is awesome. Um, so yeah. you know, and doing these orders with them, 
you know, I mean, that's like one of the biggest things we've gotten to do so far. So it's like we almost I found like a little niche um, within like airsoft because like I don't know anybody who's selling the police departments, at least not in this area. I'm not saying people don't, but um, and it is weird, honestly. I've like, never heard of it. See, that's the thing is all I've heard of is police departments use simulation rounds. So, you know, and, and those are those shoot very differently than than airsoft guns. Um, and the rounds are pretty damn expensive from what i understand so to be able to switch to airsoft these departments like i never understood why they wouldn't uh you know especially for police because you're not shooting fucking you know sniper shots like you know you're not training sniper shots like 200 300 yards really where i sell them at is the cost effectiveness Um, right because like i'll go to them and be like listen uh what do you spend on ammunition in a year just for training and they're like oh you know exactly 40 grand. I'm like, I'll yep. sell you a case of a hundred thousand BBs right now for 300 bucks. And they're like, Oh, Oh, I'm like, how much is a fucking SIM gun? And they're like, Oh, it's like 1200 bucks. I'll sell you this gas blowback right now for 400 bucks. Yep. And they're like, Oh fuck. I'm like, uh, what's good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, what, what kind of pistol do you carry? They're like a Glock 19. I'm like I got one right here. I'm like, what are your SIM ones? Oh, they're $400. This one's one fifty. Yep. They're like, oh my god, no way! The same thing with like grenades, like the EG sixty sevens that they can use as like a sim flashbang. You know, like I start selling them. I'm like, what are you real? Those things. I'm like, what are are your sim flashbangs? They're like, oh, they're like thirty seven dollars a piece. I'm like, yeah, these are seven bucks. Like, (laughs) like I I can't make this any easier for you. And they're like, well, no shit. And I'm like, I got you. Now, have you have have you had anybody? Have you had anybody, uh, you know, as you're talking to them, like on site, uh, had you uh, had you had anybody have you do a demonstration, especially with the uh, grenade? Yeah. Did they want to see it? Okay. Yeah. Like That's in the awesome. parking lot. It's, it's, I was going to say, like the first two places I went, I didn't think about it the first place I went to and I just carried in my gun bags because I was like, oh, it's airsoft. Like, I don't like, doesn't matter. I just walked into the lobby. And, like, the officer that, like, saw me come in, I could, like, see the facial expression. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, I just walked into a police department with gun bags. They probably think I'm about to shit. The scene in the Matrix, bro. That's awesome. Shit. And I I was like, this isn't good. And, like, I walked up and I, I... I almost wanted to be like, don't freak out. This isn't a stick up and I will run out of here fast as shit and drop this stuff. So don't even test me, bitch. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then after that, I learned to just keep the shit in the car until I wanted to see it. I mean, like I said, it's like 50, 50. Um, some of them don't care at all, but like, there's been a couple of them that I went to that they were like, they, like, they had like their cops coming out they're all shooting the guns and throwing nice. grenades and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, um, and, and, and then on the back end of that, you know, we were selling them. Um, stuff and then at the same time i'm building up a contract with them to basically repair everything when it breaks nice. so like i'm making money on the back side too to do mm-hmm. repairs um so it's really just become a win-win for me and and, and a lot of them want to come out to the events because like on my brochure it even says like you want to test your skills uh you yeah. know come out and play at one of these 12-hour mill sims um so when they see that they always ask about it and I'm like yeah you know like we have cops we got veterans you know we got current service members you know and right. blah 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 and I'm like yeah if you like you know you want to test it like balloon carrying and like you know fucking people up like this is your opportunity to get out there and do it and most of them are like hell yeah like that sounds sick Oh that's cool um, So yeah I think it's like a really good niche that we kind of like got into so like again shout out thanks to my buddy Sean um Yeah no know, shit right uh, 
Well, you know, I did a podcast with the guy, um, Gunfather Milsim is his YouTube channel. And uh, I actually had him on a couple times. Well, he's a current law enforcement officer uh, in the middle of the country. And um, and he is, uh, he's been on there for quite a few years, 13, 14 years, something like that. And when him and I were talking, I think the first time I talked to him, he's, he made a comment about he's talked to his buddies you know, that he works with, like they all know he plays airsoft, whatever. And they're, they're, they're like, Oh, that's for kids kind of shit. You know, even though he shows them like the stuff and whatever, you know, most of them, I think maybe one of them has played, uh, or, you know, has gotten into it. But as far as the whole department, they think it's a joke. You know, they think it's like, Oh yeah, it's a little playtime. Go ahead. You know, uh, they don't see yeah. it as a good training tool. Um, and his YouTube channel is dedicated to bridging that gap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, between stuff like that, where uh, the real life and the, uh, you know, this is used as a training tool, you know, or can be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, and that's really what it comes down to. You said it right there, bridging the gap, you know, yeah. and a lot of them I talk to, they're like, oh, I don't want, you know, we don't want that plastic shit. And, you know, basically, <laughs> like, these old feel like Walmart guns. And I'm like, listen, Give me fucking five minutes of your time, and I guarantee you I'm going to show you an M4 that you're going to think is real, and you're going to hold it and think it's real. I'm going to show you a Glock that works just like your Glock yeah. for, like, a third of the cost of what you're spending right now. Give me five minutes. And then, like I said, sometimes I basically get, like, laughed out of the building. They're like, fuck off, little boy. Go play. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's cool, you know. Sometimes, That's part like, of it. That's sometimes hard. they're about it, and then they like it, you know, and they think it's super cool. And you know, the biggest thing I've noticed with it is like they don't realize how like real and intricate the guns have gotten now. You know, they're like, uh, you know, like I said, like 50, 60 years old. And they're like, I remember when my son played, and it was the clear plastic yep. gun with four AA batteries, and it shot ten feet. <laughs> it's like and I'm sitting there, like I said, with an MTW, and I'm like, I bet you if you walked hundred yards out, I'll dome you. And they're like, Oh my god, they're, they've just gotten so good, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it's just become a really awesome thing that like, well, I that's said, how I, we started. Our, we started our YouTube channel the same way because, uh, two of my older sons got into it and, uh, I was laid up, I was stuck in the house and they, I heard them talking about going to play airsoft. I'm like, what? Like they were like 20, you know, early twenties at the time or mid, you know, one of them was in mid twenties and I'm like, what? Okay. Like, what are you going to a kid's party or something? Like is Johnny having a, a cousin, his one of your younger cousins or something that you guys are just going to play in the backyard. What are you doing? I didn't know. I had no clue, no clue about mm-hmm. airsoft. So I was, my, my mindset was when I bought them when they were 10 and 12, same thing, mm-hmm. little clear things. And, uh, I'm like, so when they came out, uh, Johnny had brought over JP on our channel had brought over uh, one of his whatever M4s or whatever, you know, and took the orange tip off. He'd already upgraded a bunch of shit on it. And, uh, and anyway, so I started realizing, holy shit, these things are awesome. So I was like, let me film all this. I'll start a YouTube channel on it. And that, that was, you know, that was it. But yeah, yeah I had no clue either. So <laughs> I was amazed. It's crazy. Like you said, I remember like before I went in the service, not that the guns were shit, but they definitely weren't like they are now. And then when yeah. I got out and I came back, I was like, what, what happened? Like yeah. everything just like got like on steroids and it like, <laughs> blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. And like, yeah. that's what really got me back into it again. It was like, and that's my play style too. Like I'm kind of like a fat aggressive guy in the sense that like, I'm, I, I want to be right up there at the fight. But then like, once I get to the fight, I'm like, okay, that's good. Like, like, stop, stop <laughs> push here. <laughs> um, 
that, that's what I like about playing for me. You know, like I, I do like the objectives and some of that, but like I personally for me in game, just to make sure we're playing on YouTube in game, I like killing people in game, you know, shooting people. That's what I'm oh, about. Oh, you're good, man. Um, you know, uh, I don't really so care if they, if they don't think it's the right, whatever. I don't give a fuck. There's so many people <laughs> on here that we're talking. They're like, yeah, man, this guy just slays. He is a dead ass killer, man. Like, especially the uh, speed softwares I talk to, they're like, Oh man, this guy is a straight up killer. He just loves going out there and killing. And he kills this dude. And he kills, and he, all he does is just go out there and kills, kills, kills. And, uh, I just laugh, you know, it's, it's the terminology, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I just dropped on a little tangent there. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, uh, with when I play. Yeah, for sure. So the, uh, yeah, the event thing is um, is a is a big step. It sounds like to get into if you want to, you know, have it long term and have a good reputation. Because if you go to a field, your first event and it's uh, and it's pretty shitty, and the mm-hmm. field owner is, you know, doesn't feel like they've got their, you know, it was, like it wasn't good experience. Um, you're kind of because a lot of them talk, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna you're you you start getting a bad reputation right away. You're gonna you know that's gonna end really quickly. Yeah, I mean uh, that's unless a huge you thing have somebody that has land. Yeah, the the networking that is involved in this game is insane. So like all these people are connected in some shape, way, form. You just whether you realize it or not. Um, yeah. You know, and like I've talked to so many fields, and then like I talk to a field, and then I call a different one a week later. They're like, oh yeah, I've heard of you. I'm like I sincerely doubt it what? Like, you know, we, we've heard of you i talked to mark over here at this deal i'm like bruh okay <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i don't like i don't like this like why quit talking about me <laughs> um yeah, yeah it's definitely very much so that way and like and i think you know again if you it's all about presentation and that and that perception that you give them sure. uh, you know, that initial intake it's kind of like buying a house if it looks yeah. real good on the outside it's probably going to sell because people don't want to go look on the inside. Um, right. So, you know, that initial presentation that you did makes a big difference. Um, that, and from my experience and, and you know, I, I am, I'm playing or I'm hosting events at fields that I know other event promoters got turned away from, um, you know, hmm. because I talk to these, these field owners on a regular basis, you know, they text me, you know, they, they're tagging me on Facebook stuff now and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, you know, we're trying to build that rapport. And like, luckily I had some of it with my YouTube channel um, as like, you know, being a pretty nice guy, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so and it's definitely helped me out. You know, there's definitely, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't want to say I've burned bridges, but I mean, there's definitely people I'm sure that don't like me. Uh, sure. But, you know, I, uh, I Cat Williams, that. yeah, I was just going to say, you know, Cat Williams, a comedian and he's funny as shit, but he has a skit. That he says, if you have 15 haters, you need to quit crying and figure out a way to get to fucking 20 before the week's out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and he was like, he was like, if there's any haters in here that are looking for somebody to hate, he's like, fucking hate me. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you like hear that at face value, you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, but I've like realized, like, as I've gone through life, like not even through like airsoft, like if, if I have haters and I must be doing something right for them to hate me. Um, you know, and like, and I definitely even have it now, you know what I mean? Like I've gotten messages, you know, from people being like, your fucking events are going to suck. You know, I hope it fails, you know, like, fuck you, uh, blah, 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 your shit. 
Oh, you haven't even done an event yet. What the fuck? Like on a weekly basis, um, I've gotten these messages from fucking people. I wish I would get, okay. I I wish I would get some negative fucking comments on my YouTube videos because, uh, I, I, I want, I, I, I just want a little bit of like, you know, fuck you kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Directed at me. Like what, what do you got? Well, you know, I just I don't get the negative comments because nobody watches our shit, you know. So we're not out there enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is. <laughs> no, that's all right. Everyone's got to be in Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna. That's my goal, though. I'm I'm really wanting some people to like. Come on, I want some truth here. What what is it? What do I need to change? You know, I like yeah. improving. So uh, it's hard to be your own coach. Now it's easier with videos because I can look at this. I can watch film, right? Like we used to yeah. in football. I can watch this and go, yeah, I hear myself talk and I, oh, I should have asked this or I should have asked that or why didn't I ask this or why did I ask that? You know, whatever. Or I should have shut up, you know, at this point. But anyway, so yeah, that's, uh, well, at least you know you're doing something that yeah, you're getting I, attention. I think the reality with that is the biggest critic has to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And like, I've noticed with things, um, you know, People will hate on anything that you do in life. And right. um, it's it's taken me a while to like kind of accept that. And like I didn't really accept that until like I started working at the company I'm at now and I've gotten coaching. Um and like that's one of the biggest things I've also learned too is like everyone wants to progress and like get that big top dollar salary, but like you have to be coachable to like get to that point. Sure. And you know, I haven't always been that way my whole life. And like I feel gotcha. like I got to the point now. And you know, with the current owner that you know that owns the company I work for now. And his story was like very similar. Like he started that business when he was like 19 years old, has built it to what it is now. And now we make we're a, we're a multi-million dollar company right. uh, built from the ground up over 20 years. Um, you know, and I told him one time about like how I got messages about this or like, you know, I posted a YouTube on video, a uh, YouTube video. I've been five minutes into the video being posted. Someone tells me my, my, my fucking aim is shit. My gun shit. My camera pattern doesn't match, you know, like whatever, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> and like, I tell him that shit. And uh, I, I, one time I was telling him, and he just started dying laughing. Right. Yeah. And he was like, Logan, he was like, I don't, I don't care about those fucking people anymore. Cause he was like, you know what I do with that shit? He's like, when I was younger, that shit used to fuel me up and make me want to just go out there and just do fucking more and be better. And he's right. like, I, he's like, I've reached a point now where like people talk shit to me and he's like, I, I don't, I don't give a fuck anymore. He's like, cause you know what I want? He's like, what, look what I fucking built. He was like, I don't have to work. I got money in my bank. I got a fucking nice house. You know? And he was like, people have hated on me for 20 fucking years. He's like, and they're still doing the same shit they were doing 20 fucking years ago. And they right. still work at the same fucking place, not doing shit. And he was like, and here I am. So he was like, make, you know, take that shit, make it feel. And in 20 years, if you just keep your head down and keep fucking pushing, He'll be saying the same shit I'm saying. Right. So like ever since he kind of told me that, that's like all I do now. Now I'm just kind of like, I don't say they put the deflectors up. I read it, I digest it, and I'm like, okay, uh, I'm not gonna type this all out and tell you to fuck yourself, but I'll do better in the next video and basically low key tell you to fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know that is right. That is uh, yeah, that's I think maybe that's why we've had a handful of negative comments here and there uh, over the last you know, three years, whatever we've done uh, videos and I, I took care of the channel. So I saw all the comments. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I think maybe that's why I feel like we haven't had negative comments is because most of them, I don't feel like they're, aren't really that negative. Like they're like, I've had people say, um, 
well, that was boring or, well, that didn't work or something like that, you know, like, yeah, yeah. um, and to me, I'm going, uh, you know, like I don't mind constructive criticism. I'm very, very, very teachable. So, uh, I really don't get, you know, my one feeling hurt. So it's, it's like, uh, I don't, and I don't really get embarrassed very much. So I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, Hey, yeah, that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, I would like that too. As I, mean, long, I think if you're, if you're really, really convicted, uh, or, you know, you have that conviction of about what you're doing, if you are really focused on your purpose and what you've decided to focus on and what you've decided mm-hmm. to move forward on, uh, and you, you, you believe in what you're doing. If you believe in what you're doing, then you're, uh, you, you're, you're, you're really unswayable. You know, you're, you're untouchable with that. You're not gonna, you're not the leaf blown in the wind. You know, you're not going with the tides of uh, opinions of people, right. You know, the social media thing, like I see these, uh, these people online or the people, uh, you know, they've had TV shows about it where even documentaries uh, where, you know, they, somebody, you know, just attacked me online. Well, what did they do? Well, they said I was fat, you know, like they did this and they said, you're a, you're a cunt and you're a, you know, you're, you're a slut and you're a, you know, I'm like, and, but, but did you die? And uh, <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, what, why are you taking these uh, opinions to heart? Like so many uh, just to, I don't, I just, I can't, I, I can't relate honestly. So uh, I, I don't, I mean, I'm really, I was talking with somebody recently who has a business and they, they, uh, they said, we chat, we were chatting and they said, um, I talked to this whatever company or whatever one time. And, uh, and it it was, uh, you know, we got rejected basically. And, uh, that really hurt. And, and I'm like, well, that all that means is you're not, um, you don't believe enough in your, in what you're you're trying to, you know, in what you're selling. That's it. These are basic selling, you know, uh, rules, you know, uh, how to win friends and influence people. That's probably the starter book for every salesman out there. I know there's newer ones that are probably more condensed and, uh, and, and, you know, better worded or whatever, but, and videos as well. But, uh, you know, they they, they cover those same points, but that book by Napoleon Hill is, uh, is one that I started out with when I started to get, you know, when I wanted to start my own business, this is, you know, 25 years ago. And, uh, and same thing, you know, it was, uh, read these basics. It, you build your belief in what you're selling and then you have no problem selling it. Then you, it really doesn't feel like you're, you're selling it to somebody. Yeah. You're really just, you know, Hey, uh, I believe in this thing, whatever it is, service product, whatever. So, it's it's funny to me that you bring up books because I'm a book nerd myself and like okay. you know reading like uh, Marcus Aurelius's memoirs. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read that. You know the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rich dad, poor dad. Um, you know, you start getting into some of these different books. Robert Kiyosaki read that one. Um, you know, and that's kind of like I said. You know, working for this job and being around these entrepreneurs and these people that are you know basically in a big corporation to be like CEOs and VPs and just learning how they think. Yeah, And that's kind of what you just touched on. So like they are so um, 
ingrained like with a company that like they truly like to their fucking bones believe yeah, yeah. in what we're doing mm. and they just push it and push it and push it but they've right. got that knowledge and the experience and the know-how to fucking work the angles and do all this other shit and like that's one of the biggest things that i learned coming into management with these guys that like when i worked on the floor i always felt like management was out to fuck me like i you know what i mean and you don't see what's going on around the background and then it's like now right. that i'm in management it's like dude there's fucking 10,000 moving parts and like if I would have handed this shit storm to you the way I received it you'd fucking quit like yeah. I have nurtured and babied this for three months to get this to this product for you mm-hmm. um, you know and that's all like that personal investment like skin in the game um, and I think that with you know working here that I have been and reading and, and doing research and just watching YouTube dude like YouTube right. is like just a wealth of knowledge. Like, I feel like you could literally get a fucking degree off of YouTube. You can. People um, have. It's fucking I, nuts. I swear to God, just watching videos. <laughs> Especially free. the, you know, the ones where like, uh, where all you need is a certification. Like you, yeah. uh, you go, you just take the test. So I think there's a couple of them uh, in, um, well, definitely the one for coding for uh, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. You, uh, if, if you want to get Microsoft certified, um, you, you know, it's just a test. You don't, you don't have to have some kind of credits, right? Hey, here's the test. If you pass it, you got the certification. If you don't, whatever. And it's the same thing I think with, um, I'm not going to remember it, but, uh, you know, the company, uh, God, I can't even think right now. Um, the company that set up the internet basically, um, you know, they're, they're the ones that actually did the logistics with the boxes and the, the cables and the, uh, I have no idea who the fuck that is. I I'll can't. Well, anyway, <laughs> it, it's a big name company. You'll know it uh, if you ever, you know, if you hear it. But um, there's a certification for them as well. Uh, okay. I started reading that book. They had a, uh, this is probably 15 years ago. Uh, the book's like that thick. And it's oh, about wow. the size of a, you know, encyclopedia. Um, but it covers everything about uh, Ethernet, you know, the, the all, all the shit, right? all the terminology and all that shit. So, um, but anyway, you can, you can get certified from watching videos on like, there's so many people that you can, you know, follow and watch and fucking just learn from in general, you know, like I, I listen to so many podcasts throughout the day, like through my work. Um, you know, like luckily I have the office job where I'm able to do that. Right. Um, you know, and I listen to these podcasts all day long, you know, and some of it's, you know, business, you know, entrepreneurs and business people. Sometimes it's like, Know, investing and money and like the same thing i just keep coming back to that people like i keep reaffirming is like the three things i always say is like number one is focus like yep. you know you listen to um um fuck the dude that runs um oh my god berkshire hathaway um anyway rich ass dude runs berkshire hathaway ceo multi worth multi-billions um, you know, the basic thing he says is like focus. Like you have to be 100% focused and attentive on whatever it is you're working on, whether you're working yeah. for a company or running your own business. The second thing is believing in yourself and believing in your company. Like if you're not 100% sold on what the fuck you're doing, like you said, then someone else isn't going to get sold on it either. And no. then the third thing is just fucking persistence. Yeah, so It's like you constantly have to keep knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And like um, one of the things that um, they talk about in one of the podcasts I like to listen to a lot is like for every time that you want to yes – you're probably, for, for every time as you want a yes, you're going to get nine no's. Yeah. And it's like, that is so fucking true. Because, like, yeah. I said, talking to these fields, if I call 10 fields tonight, 
one will say yes and they won't That's say right. yes. It'll be a maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and, that is so true. Yeah. And it, you know what's weird is about humans uh, and about this statistic, it's not just in sales. Well, I guess it is in sales if you count, you know, if you're kind of vague with that term. But so this goes across the board for, you know, for sales. So if you want to do uh, cold calls, you're doing, uh, you know, for like you said, every 10, you're going to get one or two that say yes. That doesn't mean you're, you're getting that sale. That means yeah. they'll listen, right? Yeah. Uh, you're going to get, um, if you host a party, you know, and families, you know, when we have big parties, if you invite 50 people, you're going to get half that show up. That's just, you know, or, or maybe less, you know, um, and it depends. But in general, those rules apply to so many different things. When we, uh, I did, uh, I did sales, I did, uh, you know, knocking on doors, um, years ago. And, uh, and then I also did knocking on business. You know, I went to business to business to sell, um, business supplies, right? Like cleaning supplies and shit like that. And, um, so I'm talking to business owners who are very busy, especially restaurant owners, um, you know, small, uh, business owners. And it is, uh, you've got to get your point across very quickly and you have to believe in what you're selling them. Because if they're like, well, I can get it cheaper over here, you know, whatever. Like, that's the most common thing, right? And, yeah. uh, and I've got people, somebody that does that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like there's, uh, there's a lot of people that start a business. Um, and maybe, I'm not sure about, you know, if it's just an airsoft or whatever, but I've heard so many people say, uh, well, I'm not, well, even I've heard a lot of airsofters say this on their, for their YouTube channels. You know, I, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, but I'm not really trying to make money on it, you know. And I'll make, well, then why did you monetize it? Um, you know, why did you turn the monetization monetization on once you hit that threshold of, you know, a thousand subs and 4,000 mm-hmm. hours or whatever? Um, well, you know, I just, I, I mean, I, yeah, it's fine if I make something on it, whatever. Um, you have to believe in yourself, dude. And that's the reality of what yeah, it is. I mean, too many exactly. people are say, I don't give a fuck. You know, I'm just throwing videos. I think people are afraid to say people. There's so many people that are afraid to say making a profit is good. Like, you know, if you're a business owner, you should never say when you're trying to sell your product or service to, you know, to another, to a business and another business or whatever, or to a customer, you should never say, well, I don't really make any money on this because that, that totally degrades your shit. If you don't believe in it enough to make money mm-hmm. on it and, and to, you know, make it successful, we're not going to believe it and buy it from you. So you should never, that should never be in your vocabulary. (laughs) Like, yes, I do make a profit. It's okay. Like, you know, the more I, the better I do, uh, if I'm selling a product or service, the better the product or service is going to be for you on the, on the, uh, buying end, you know, because we're going to make it better. Um, yeah. So it's, it's so funny how people are so weirded out about making money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a hundred percent true. I mean, I don't, I mean, I feel like at times for me, it's like, I feel like I just don't believe in myself enough because, like, I, I've i found with people that, like, I think this is a military thing. And, like, I've been told this for years that, like, yeah. I can come off, like, very overbearing, very sure. overconfident, um, you know, like, very much, like, almost like a know-it-all. And it's like, you know, and, like, I over years, like, I've almost suppressed it. And, like, I feel like now with doing this, it's, like, starting to come back up again. And, like, I've really reflected on it a lot because I don't want to come off as, like, a complete dick or something like that. But it's like, yeah. no. The difference is, is, like, I fucking believe in myself. Like, I know I can work. I know right. I can sell. I know I can convince myself, and I can fucking convince you, too. Yep. And, um, you know, so for me, it's like 
I know I have these, the capability to do this. And now I just got to let it out. And sometimes that comes out, you know, very much so like dickish, like I have the best shit, uh, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, which I try not to be perceived as that type of person, but it def- right. it's definitely there. But you almost have to have that because if you don't and you, you know, even when like I talk, like I'm pretty loud. I don't know if it's coming through here, but like I am a loud talker. I, I use these bad boys a lot too. Yeah, Lots of this. that's good. Um, I'm very animated, you know, and like I'm like that at work too. And you know, I talk about that like when I do interviews. That like you know, you get those kids, not even just kids, adults, dude. Or come in and just, well, and uh, you know, and at my last job, sometimes it's like, no, I don't want, I don't fucking want you. Like I want the guy that comes in. And he's like, yeah, my last job, I did this, 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 and this, a hundred percent. I can yep. fucking outwork you. I'll run circles around anybody up in this bitch right now. And you're like, yep. that's the fucking guy I want to hire. How much do you <laughs> exactly. want? Exactly. Sold. That's Check it. The fuck out. Let's go. That's like, it, that's bro. I'm the like, same way. I had the same personality type, same exact personality type. And I, I did the same thing. I was, uh, I suppressed it as well uh, for so many years, um, I, you know, because I heard this, it would cause, you know, in the family, basically, that was the only, only time, you know, uh, because at work, most of the guys I worked around, I worked in factories, you know, for 20 some years. So these guys are like Harley guys. Uh, you're not, they're not getting their feelings hurt either, you know? So if we get an argument about opinions, they don't fucking care. They're not going to be like, uh, you know, they're not going to be like mad at me the next day. They're going to be like, man, we can say, you know, end the argument with fuck off, fuck you, you know? And the next day or 10 minutes later, hey, we, uh, hey, I need you to work on this mold, you know, or work on this die or whatever. Like, it's done. Like, it doesn't matter. But when you're around weak-minded or emotionally weak people, Mm-hmm. that are constantly worried about what everyone else around them thinks, yeah. right? They're always seeking others' approval. That's where your energy kind of is like taken as arrogance. And it's yeah. really not. And it's, uh, yeah. they're afraid. They can't stand people, you know, raising their voice. And I talk loud as well. Like I'm, you know, this is how I talk most of the time. Uh, I talk loud as well. And so when I start getting like this, when I start talking like this and animated, like people that are like that, they uh, they start backing away. They don't want to listen. They want to change the subject. They'll cut you yeah. off. Like at a family function, someone will just interrupt you and yeah. change the subject, which fucking pisses me the fuck off because I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to finish my point, okay? Yeah. Uh, and the only reason that you're changing the subject and trying to stop me is because you don't like my uh, my presentation, like my my voice, my tone of voice how I'm moving my, you know, facial expressions, all this stuff, whatever that is, it triggers them or it like, Oh, Oh, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm like, bro, I don't want to be around you anyway. So just get away. Okay. So (laughs) go in the corner and talk to somebody else. I'm the same way. I I am like, I've noticed it too. And like, I, I noticed it before too, when I was younger and I, I don't know how else to explain. I mean, you really did sum it up pretty good. I mean, I feel like there's just too many fairies. And then if you're not one of the fairies, you're considered like an alpha male or whatever the fuck the kids yeah. call them, beta male. Oh, yeah. now, they're lingo. Right. And they look at you like you're some toxic dick. And it's just like, not, I just fucking was raised, like my dad was a Marine. I was raised that fucking way. I was in the There service. you go. Like, I was built this way. Right. And if that hurts your fragile, fragile fucking feelings, then I guess I'm sorry. But I mean, that's just you know. I think there's too when when you spend time in the military, especially active duty, you're there 24/7, right? It's mm-hmm. uh you're around 
this kind of environment. Most people that you're around are like this. They're not, you might not have, you know, the same exact personality, but the environment is kind of intense, like the training, uh, the, you know, the expectation, um, you know, it's very rigid, right? Like even well, yeah. if you're not, uh, you know, fucking running and gunning every day, you know, from five in the morning till, you know, 10 at night or whatever, you're still yeah. expected to, you know, you can't be late or you're getting in, tr you know, big trouble. Okay. Uh, bigger it's not just like a normal job yeah and I mean, uh so it's you're used think, to that i think the military 100 is that be in the right place at the right time in the right fucking uniform mindset and like yeah. you said everyone you're around 99 percent of them think like you act like you because they experience everything that you did most yep. likely at least and they the know the expectations and the expectations are fucking set and you know you're yeah. supposed to feel like it's funny too so like when we started this i'll be honest too like i cuss a lot yeah yeah same um, I didn't know if you cussed or not. You started cussing. I was like, okay, we're going to get along pretty good. I can't even begin <laughs> to tell you how many times in workplaces and like even in my videos, because like in my airsoft videos, I cuss. And people are like, oh, Same. that's terrible for this or terrible for that. And it's like, dude, that's like my language. Like I can't turn it. I can't turn it off. Like no, I'm not turning it off. It's like when I talk to people, I'm like, I want you to understand, like if I said fuck or something like that, like I'm not mad. Like I'm yeah. not angry. I'm not saying nothing negative to you. Like that's just a word to me. Because, like, in my house when I grew up, if my dad said three sentences to me, guaranteed fuck was in there six times. <laughs> and then when I was in the service, every other word out of everybody's mouth is fuck. So I'm like, yeah. I swear, constantly. And, like, I've noticed it, too. Like, even now in my, my management position, like, I'm holding a meeting, and I let a swear word slip. And I'm like, oh, excuse me. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't mean to say that. Right. But like, I just... Once I start talking and I get like this, I'm animated. I'm like, yeah, you know, and like, we're, we're going to fuck around over here and adjust fire. And we're going to come over here. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just talk like I was back in the military again. I'm so sorry, everybody. Like, that was fucked up. I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it really I, is I, like that. I my uh, I, I do that with my mom once in a great while. Uh, when I was younger, I never slipped. Even when I was, you know, I'd come home on leave. I would never slip. And, you know, I was always, uh, you know, because I was still kind of was still fresh. I'm 52. So I'm older. And my my mom, you know, when we talk on the phone now, uh, I've been talking this way for so long. So it'll slip as well. And I'm like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> and I just move on because, uh, you know, it's it's that, you know, hey, that's your mom. You know, it's like respect thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so but I remember uh, not long ago, uh my wife and I were talking, we had this little spat, you know, it's like a few months ago. And I said, Jesus, quit being such a cunt, you know, you're, you're being so cunty. Right. And, uh, and she goes, what? Don't call me that. What the fuck? And, uh, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that is such an accepted word in the UK. And I was playing uh, video games. I was talking with people in the UK at the time. And that's a, like every other word is cunt. So, uh, I was like, that is like, other girls call other girls like their girlfriends, like just friends. Man, oh, stop being a cunt. You know, like that is a normal word for them. Yeah. It's like us saying, hey, quit being a bitch or quit being a dick. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, she never believed me. We watched this movie not long ago where these people were in the UK and they all jumped in this car and they were talking there. You know, all these girls were laughing and like, oh, you're such a cunt, you know, and they were calling each other cunt. And I said, see, I fucking told you. Yeah. A hundred percent, dude. That's so I, funny. I still talk to so many of my military friends that I was in the service with. And, like, they're all still the same, too. Like, they all cuss. 
They're all alpha males. We all yell at each other. Like, yeah. It's the same shit that it was five, six years ago when I was in. You so, can be yourself. It's nice. Yeah, nothing has changed. And, like, you know, not to get, like, all weird about it, but, like, you and my buddies and I talk, we're like, you know, what makes the F word offensive? Like, right. somebody created the word fuck and said that's a bad word. It's like, so what if I just say table is now a bad word? Right. And everyone's like, that's so offensive. <laughs> like, it's not, bro. <laughs> it's just a fucking word. Like, it is just a word. It's up to you to decide if yeah. it's going to let you it'd be offensive to you, you know? And the more I mean, you hear the whole, it, the less offensive it is. Yeah. And, like, that's the whole fairy thing to me. And it's like, dude, I've been yelled at, like, in regular world and, and the military so bad to the point that you'd probably cry and, like, just called everything that, like, sucks in life. And I was just yeah. like, bruh, okay. <laughs> that's how my kids are bro they're like they start you know if they start a job or something and they get you know if somebody yells they just look at them like uh-huh yeah. you know like uh, yeah. they're totally used to it like it doesn't even like stress them out <laughs> i've been told at work so like this is a legit thing too like i've been told at work that everyone's like yeah yeah when like shit goes bad or like you know i work with techs every day and like most yeah. of them are like those backwoods like grease monkeys that do get in your face and they're like, yeah, when like shit goes down, you're like the only one that just stands there and like just stares them right in the fucking eye. And I'm like, right. yeah. Cause I'm just like, the fuck, dude? Like, I know, bitch. Like, swing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they're not going to. You no, know, that's the thing. No. They're, they're allowed to vent. You know, it's okay to yeah. vent. And I think uh, so many people are suppressed or have been, you know, suppressed, uh, you know, with their venting. They're not allowed to vent. It's like, bro, uh, you're allowed. It's okay. Like, just, yeah. you know, I mean, if we're standing in the middle of a restaurant waiting to get seated, don't vent there. How about that? You know, uh, have yeah. some, you know, be, don't be socially awkward. Uh, if you're at home and there's a bunch of people over, go in the bedroom, stick your face in a pillow. Like we used to do that all the time. You know, my mom was like, uh, if you need to yell, go put your head, you know, like just go, go in the other room, you know, yeah, yeah. like you can, you're allowed to let it out. It's okay. Like we're human. Yeah. It's fine. I think, uh, like, you know, that's what I was talking with. I was talking with somebody yesterday about this, about these, um, the ban list on, uh, for airsoft field, like field owners, um, like they start making a ban list for people. And I, and we were, you know, we talked about this for a minute. I was like, you know, I, I don't, I would, if I owned a field, I would be really lenient with the ban thing because like, number one, I don't even know if, if I would call it a ban and she was saying, yeah, why not just like suspend them, like be a suspension, but it would have to be super, really bad, like to be banned, you know, like, yeah. uh, you, you started beating somebody with your gun. Okay. Uh, okay, bro. Like you went way fucking beyond, you know, way <laughs> yeah, beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when two teenagers, like teenagers, your uh, you know, your testosterone's going crazy. Your hormones are going crazy, you know, male or female, whatever. And you're, you're just all social issues or whatever. And then you go to the field and it's competitive and then it starts getting escalated because somebody didn't call or hit, you know, five times in a row, whatever. And, uh, and then somebody starts full autoing, you know, it just escalates. These are normal circumstances. Like to me, I'd be like, all right, y'all, are you done now? You know, are you done fighting? It's okay. Yeah. You know, you yelling at each other or whatever. If somebody swings, fine, whatever. If you didn't fucking, you know, bash their head in with something like use a weapon, then it's fine. I mean, I grew up with fighting. It was normal. Okay. We mm -hmm. all got in fights. We got in fights in school, in high school and yeah. no, and nobody got in trouble. The teachers would come out and be like, Hey, now get to your class. That was mm -hmm. it. 
<laughs> we go there with a fucking bruised cheek, you know. They don't do that now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, fucking cops and shit. But it's like, you know, they call the cops and then you're going to jail, you know. Like somebody's yeah. pressing charges and lawsuit, whatever. So I, I don't know, man. It's uh, You should be allowed to vent, you know, like Airsoft. I think a lot of people with the Milsims, I think that's why they choose Milsims over open play maybe is because you have you, – you, you know, it's a bigger commitment financially, uh, planning wise, you know, like getting gear, getting the right uniform. You have to be more mature, older, mm-hmm. more mature. So you go there, you're not going to have that bullshit drama that you would have in a normal field. You know what I mean? I mean, it's you, you 100% still have the bullshit drama. I hate to say <laughs> it. I mean, I've been to events and like I was at an event uh, two years ago and a dude threatened yeah. to stab somebody. Like, um, so I mean, <laughs> It's it's still there, dude. Like the I mean, is that really a threat though? Like I'm gonna cut you, you know? Like that's a joke, right? I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I I was kind of like my ears just perked up, and I was like, someone's about to fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, come yeah, here. Let's go watch. Me, all the fairies around me were like, "Oh my god, what the <laughs> fuck, my blind man!" Um, you know. So I was like, "All right." Well, things almost got fucking interesting for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a hundred percent still out there. I think. I think the reality of it is, truthfully, in my opinion, is we have catered so much over the last 20 years to people. School system has, parents Mm -hmm. have, and we are seeing the residuals of that shit right now to the That's true. Yeah. Um, And I think the reality of it is, too, if you look at, like, airsoft players, from, from my experience, I'm not saying it's everybody, this isn't a blank statement, but, like, I've noticed personally a lot of the people that play airsoft. Now, I'm not talking about the kids. I'm talking about now if you talk about right. adults. They're the the uh, I almost joined guys. Um, you know they're oh, the military. Guys. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like the fucking high speed, low drag. You know, fucking top of the line, everything, matching uniforms, the most yeah. expensive kit with real plates in to simulate fucking combat. You sure. know, so like I feel like the people that do go out and spend that money. Um, they just have this thing in their mindset that like they're just the fucking best. So like when they do get shot, or you know somebody says they're not hitting them, and that's where I've seen events where like it the oh, class okay. fucking happens. You know when you get like two almost like alpha males within airsoft, that yeah. that's usually when I see it like kind of fucking connect at the Milsing gotcha. games. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean at open plays it usually is some bullshit um, kiddies thing that goes on, um, sure. you know adrenaline type stuff, but. It still happens, unfortunately, at Milsim events. I hope, yeah, at ours we don't have these issues. I mean, I don't want. Well, hear I was going to ask you um, the uh, on your events uh, that are coming up uh, next year. So in a few months, you'll have your first one. The uh, have you seen or heard of the system called Skirmish? Skirmish. No, I don't think so. So this is. So it's a uh, it's a tracking system, oh, I guess okay. is what you call it. Uh, points, right? Point tracking system. Uh, so basically, so you've been to Milsims, right? You've been to yeah. certain events where there's objectives to take over, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then you've been to open plays, like either indoor or outdoor fields, whatever. So the yeah. way this system works, uh, and the reason I'm talking about it is because I – uh, I, I did a podcast with the guy that started it, this business, okay, Skirmish. <clears throat> and um, I'm very interested in uh, seeing this system deployed on Milsims 
Right now, he's got it in a handful of indoor fields for SpeedSoft. Okay. And what it does is uh, it's a um, RFID, I think, yeah, RFID system. So he has a box that he's him and his buddy have created. Um, they built the circuit board. They built the box. It reads this. So when you get your own bracelet, you buy a bracelet, uh, and you it's got a serial number on the back. You tag that serial number when you go online on the uh, website. You create your profile and attach this bracelet to that. Now, anywhere I play, uh, if I take this to wherever, whatever state in the whatever country, you know, no, doesn't matter where, whatever field has this system set up, it logs my points in as I play. Um, now, the way they do mil sims, and, and the reason I'm asking you about it because you're about to start some, you know, these events with objectives and things like that, and mm -hmm. that's where this system. I think would be really, really good and exciting for somebody like myself that can't be at the mill sim, let's say, but I want to see the progress. Okay. I want to see, cause right now nobody does that. There's not one mill sim in the world that you can go online and watch progress like a three day mill sim. You can't yeah. watch who's winning up to date. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unless somebody goes on and manually posts it. Right. Right. Uh, from that, event holder or somebody else or whatever. So this, you don't have to do that. It captures everything in real time. So when you go capture an objective, you get points just like you do at a real, at a mil sim, you know, most mil sims, they have that little box where you switch the timer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Back and forth to your team or their team or whatever. Same type of thing as far as, you know, concept, like what you'd be seeing. Uh, so you captured it. Okay. Uh, you hold it for X amount of time or whatever. Um, and it, these points build up. It's uh, it updates live in real time on their website for whatever event these systems are used at. Okay, so um, it's a very interesting concept to, uh, and not only that, the these boxes are programmed. You can program them in a hundred different ways. So spawn points. Uh, Penalty boxes. We were talking about something like that. With, uh, in fact, I talked about something like that with uh, this girl last night for Speedsoft, because the NSL, who does competitive, you know, they just came over here from the Netherlands. They do competitive Speedsoft. They have penalty boxes, kind of like hockey. If you get penalized, you sit out. Uh, that kind of shit. So these boxes could be uh, programmed for whatever you want on your Milsim field. So if uh, if somebody's caught cheating and you want to put them in timeout, right? They go scan in. And it counts down a timer, whatever, whatever, that kind of thing. Or it takes points away from their team. Uh, if uh, you capture an objective, you get points. If you respawn, you know, whatever, it counts all that stuff. And then you get individual points as a player on the skirmish system. So, and there's a national or a worldwide leaderboard that is running right now. That's been running since it started. And, you know, you can see who's at the top of the leaderboard, whatever, in real time. But I'm really curious to see what Milsim or event coordinator is going to implement this uh, system first, because no one, no Milsim has done it yet. And he's talked to a handful of them, but they're, they're busy. They're kind of set in their way with what they're using already. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to change. I am a hundred percent interested. Um, 
Yeah, honestly, I would just say hook me up with this guy. I'll talk to him. The only thing Absolutely. that would be concerning with it is getting the wristbands for everyone to wear and getting people to actually wear them would mm-hmm. be the number one. And then two, obviously, either one, I'd have to incorporate it in the ticket price, or two, I'd have to make them buy them. And I don't know what they cost. He he knows all that shit already. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm not actually uh, partnered with him uh, right. on this. Uh Honestly, I, I don't, you know, we didn't, I did a podcast with him. That's it. And I was so uh, intrigued and interested with, you know, how this system works that I'm, I'm trying to push this system. I, I don't get shit. I mean, yeah, for real. Uh, so I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what happened, bro. Okay. So kind of like what, you know, you did after you got on the military, you come back and you're going, what the fuck happened to these airsoft guns? They're on steroids. Like, oh my God. Now, you know, I was impressed as well with the with the equipment. What I'm not impressed with and what I'm shocked that hasn't happened yet is two things. One is we don't have a national ranking system for Speedsoft teams. And Speedsoft teams compared to like Mill Sims, whatever, are competitive. They play tournaments already. Yep. But nobody has gotten the whole country together, east and west, and gone, hey, let's do a tournament in the middle, whatever, wherever. Uh whoever you know it's a it's a saturday and sunday uh 20 teams 30 teams 50 teams whatever uh ready go and then who's the best who comes out on top right i because i i start talking to people i'm like who's the best um what's the best speed soft team in america they're like well we got murder inc we got syg we got these guys ltd we got these you know whatever i'm like yeah but who's the best well we don't know i said you don't know is there a national ranking system? They're like, no. Now, I'm asking as a naive dumbass. I don't know fucking shit, okay? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. And I'm like, well, is there any way to know? Uh, well, I mean, you could... I'm like, no, no, no. Can I go online right now and search a ranking system that's, that shows... Not, not someone's opinion. That shows who, who won the, the tournament. Who won the, the, the finals. And they're like, no. Like, what? Why not? I yeah. thought Airsoft's been around for fucking ever. What are we doing? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm coming into this as a new, uh, like a new, you know, naive new player person, whatever, you know, spectator in the sport. And I'm going, why hasn't this happened yet? The other thing was, why haven't we had a, a way to track uh, how specific teams do in Milsims? Like, what? So the only way you know is, uh, so you got green and tan at a Third Coast Airsoft event. There's 350 people on each team. There's 700 people at the fucking event. Um, how do you know how your team did? If you have a team of 20 guys that you've been running with for like, and training with every Saturday, which some of these guys I've talked with have done, yeah. um, you know, they're really fucking good, man. I mean, good, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they'll, they'll out shoot most guys coming up right out of the military. No shit. Yeah. Uh, they're doing this shit like legit, right? 15, 20 guys. I'm like, well, how long have you been playing together? Oh, seven, eight years. You've been practicing like that? Well, how do you know how your team did at the, at the you know, Iron Dagger? Well, I mean, we know we did pretty good. Well, yeah, but how do you, how do I know how you did? Yeah. Well, we don't know. Well, did your team win? No, we were on green and they lost. How fucking disappointing. And I'm yeah. going, 
we got all this fucking technology. We got drones that can follow you around, man. Like facial recognition and goddamn, you know, airsoft guns that shoot a half a mile now and shit, you know, right? Like with, with point fives. I don't understand why the fuck we're still in the arc ages, you know, the ancient times with goddamn, uh, with these events. We, nobody knows who the fuck is doing what. And there's no player count. Where's the player stats? I've never, I've it. never thought of that. I, I mean, like, I know, I know Jet Desert Fox. He has like an app that they use to track shit. Okay, he's the only one that I fucking know that has an app. We thought about creating an app too, honestly. Yeah. Um, the I problem with those, I think it's a dope idea. I just, it's don't a great know idea. How those, well those people those, will fucking do it. Here's the here's the thing, uh, and it, this is what him and I talked about on this podcast was. There's apps on your phone, and I've heard of these. Uh, Grimnir Tactical has their own. Uh, there's a handful of event coordinators that have their own. So it works on your phone. Yeah. Number one, who the fuck wants to pull out their phone in the middle of a firefight uh, at a Milsim event when it's fucking raining out and it's dark? Nobody. <laughs> you want that? You want to drop it in the mud? You want to get it shot? You want to, you know, light your face up right like it's dark? You, oh yeah. yeah, turn your screen on. Go ahead. Like there's got to be light discipline. Uh, I mean, it just so. And by the way, that's if you can get cell service anywhere on the field. Because when we go to GTI, you know, the uh, government training institute down here in South Carolina, you don't get cell service, bro. It is like none. <laughs> so right. you can yeah. barely send a text. So uh, and that's everybody that's on the field. So. There's one spot where the, you know, that's kind of off the playing area where there's a uh, Wi-Fi set up and stuff, but on the play on the AO, nothing. So these apps are pointless. Uh, and I think that's why third coast hasn't done that because they, you have to have a local system. So anyway, I I'm really curious to see who's going to implement something like this. That is, uh, I don't know. It's, it looks badass, man. So Something to think about. Something to think about for sure. I'm 100% interested. I mean, like, I'm I, I'm definitely 100% ears willing to listen to whatever, you know, how it works and talk to yeah. them. Um, I just have to figure out a way, or we, you know, working together, being the, right. you know, the business owner, um, you know, how do we incorporate it and how do we get people to actually buy He's, the bands and wear them? Right. <laughs> because yeah. He's got a whole system set up. He explained it on the podcast, but, uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember. But it's a, it, it's very, um, it, it'll, it's a, it's attractive. Like it'll be very easy to implement into, uh, to getting those, you know, set up or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, the other thing too, is I guess he uses, uh, like these are the, the ones that actually have the number that you attach to your, um, like these are the better ones that you can buy and right. you have it forever. He also has the ones, the cheap ones you get, like at a whatever, you know, it just has a little thing in it um, that you can just pass out and then everyone turns in later. You know, they're really cheap, whatever. Um, Those won't go to their player stats, but they still track the same stuff. So anyway, I will definitely get in contact with him because I'm going to keep talking about this system until somebody gets, uh, I want to see it on, on a Milsim. Because if you you know if you can't go to a milsim, how do you know how the game's going midway? Nobody knows. Yeah, so I follow mean, somebody's Instagram. You know, 
You really yeah. don't. And like even uh, rep wise, you can't keep an accurate count of like what's happening all the time. Uh-uh. So like most events I've gone to and like how we're really running ours right now is that you're taking a store count every hour on the hour. Right. And in between those hours, I mean, I don't know that, you know, objective B just got taken back and D is doing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, right. and you're not going. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, if you find that, uh, if you have time uh, over the next, you know, week or so, if you go back and look at that um, podcast, skip towards maybe halfway. Uh, you can just skip through. You'll see when he brings it up on the screen, he shares a screen or whatever, you know. Um, and shows the overlay of his website and how, you know, it connects and the boxes and the, you know, how it instantly shows in real time when he, he takes, he has boxes with him, like sitting on his, you know, counter right here and he has these and he'll go, okay, now watch. And and I had the website pulled up, but it was off screen. He was showing his, he's like, now watch this. And he taps it. He's like, and then it popped up and I was like, what the fuck? Like it was that fast. Instant. (laughs) Um, it's really cool, man. It's really cool. So. Uh, there's a lot of indoor fields that are using it right now, um, and there's some people on the leaderboards that are that love using it because you know these speed softers they want to hey bro look I mean it's like Call of Duty Halo look <laughs> where I'm at on the leaderboard you know so yeah. anyway I'll get you I'll get you his info it's a skirmish if you look it up so, okay yeah I'm gonna write it down mm-hmm. I'll send it to you in fact I'll send it to you now so uh, who did you want to shout out man you want to um, I would say, you know, uh, for, for a shout out. Or did you want to go over anything else with your business? I can't really think of anything other than, uh, we do have a, uh, a giveaway coming up here on Christmas Eve for an AP5K. Oh, nice. If you spend $10 on our website, yeah, it's even got, it's got the, the nice little, uh, you know, HK slaps. Um, nice. Yeah. So we're giving this away. You just have to spend $10 on the website. I'm going to do giveaways like this every single month. Um, for the whole year, um, it's ten dollars a month to join the subscription plan. We're going to give away guns and X fogs and all kinds of stuff. Um, so that okay. that'll be going on. Um, other than that, and what's you know, the website? It's uh, www.nomadmilsim.com. Okay, um, so definitely not too hard to, to to memorize there on that. But um, we have like two hundred and ten products right now in stock between guns and bags and plate carriers and sights and. Uh, grenades and everything else, magazines, um, all kinds of different stuff up there on the website. Um, right. Other than that, you know, I'd like to just uh, shout out Skirmish Paintball Park, um, one of the fields we're running at on Target Paintball in New Jersey. Um, from our supporters that we are currently sponsoring right now, I'm probably going to forget a couple because I'm rattling off the top of my head, but we got uh, like <laughs> Man, Eric Hoff, uh, PewDieRie, uh, Bloodbath and Beyond, uh, Moon Boons, um, Unit 215 Airsoft Team, One Legion Milsim, um, Boy, starting a blind sniper. Um, there's a few more in there. If I forgot forgot some, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, and we're working on a few more, uh, like I said, YouTubers. Um, and then just like, uh, I think just thanks to our charities that are helping us out. You know, we're working together, which is the Veterans for Airsoft and uh, Special Olympics, uh, which awesome. is uh, a pretty cool thing. And gosh, man, check out the events and uh, yeah, check out the website. Awesome. Well, you know what we'll do is, you know, this video won't come out until probably another week or so. So okay. in that time, if you want to send me all the links of people that you want to shout out, if you send the actual links for me, I'll yeah. just copy and paste them and put them in the description. And that way Perfect. everybody gets covered. That works for me. Hell yeah, dude. That works yeah, I'm on your site right now. So you've got, um, 
Okay, I see it. So basically if uh, I see it right here, the monthly giveaway subscription, okay? Yep. And then if you uh, – so if you spend $10, you get entered. You get entered. Yep. Okay. Free shipping. You just got to spend gotcha. 10 bucks. I don't – I don't give a fuck. Doesn't matter what it is. It can be a ticket. It can be the subscription. It can be BBs. I don't care. Whatever, man. Well, listen. I want to. I want to talk to you too about uh, maybe providing uh, patches from us. Okay. Our patches for your first event. You know, just to give out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, the party. If you're going to do a raffle at the end or whatever, or you can just stand up there and throw them out. You know, Sal from Third Coast Airsoft. That's what I do with my patches. I literally just grab handfuls and throw them. Right. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah, have to, uh, I'm more than down. Just send them over to me, or I can pick them up, or whatever. And uh, you know, I'll we ship can... them to you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, with me. dude. All right, awesome. Well, listen, dude, it's been uh, great talking with you. Yeah, I, I uh, again, I really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you. I, you know, I appreciate you letting me come on and talk, and uh, it's been fun and funny. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Well, I appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we'll definitely get the word out. Listen, anyone that's uh, watching or listening to this later. Uh, go follow nomadmilsim.com on their website and also uh, Instagram is uh, Airsoft Nomad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, check out all his stuff. Blow him up. And if you send him a message or comment on something, let him know that you found out from him uh, or about him from this uh, podcast. And uh, we'll continue uh, spreading the word, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And definitely link me up with your buddy on those uh, skirmish uh, I am going to send you the uh, link right as soon as we're done here. All right, perfect. All righty, man. All right, Thank brother. You so have, have a good, good night. Man.